<clears throat> Glad that part wasn't recording. <laughs> yeah. Episode four seventeen. It's Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day, Chuck. Thank you. Um, how's your day been? You were uh, we're uh, here on our own. You just yeah. walked, walked in on me writing a new power pop song. It was good. It's gonna be the middle of the charts. It hang. It, it reminded me of Hang On Loosely. It could be something like it does do the uh, half step walk down there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is a popular. Hold, I like it. Hold on a second. If I was going to do Hold On Loosely, might even be in the same key. Hold on. I was doing this number. Well, no. Hold On Loosely. Okay. Okay, but I'm thinking of something else. Play, play yours again. You know what it sounds like? Stacy's mom. Sure. Yeah. That's kind of the deal. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm not saying that, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. That's a good that's a ripping good tune, dude. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm trying to like write a power pop song like uh replacements, fucking fountains of Wayne, yeah, yeah. fucking uh the what what do you call those guys? Uh bread, Weezer, Weezer, shit yeah. like that. <clears throat> and uh it's all gonna kinda sound the same. Except for I'll I'll add sad lyrics and then it'll be a gin blossom song. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> That's how you get around it. All right. You take all kinds of shit and mix it together until it sounds like something new. The gin blossoms. Yeah. Gin blossoms. I've met I've seen quite a few people with gin blossoms lately who claim they don't drink. I think I avoided those by the skin of my teeth. Yeah, I never I really them. I didn't I, I drank but I mean, it wasn't all the time. It's just when I drank, I get really fucked up. Yeah, me I too. Was that, I was that guy. You know? It was one or two nights a week, and I would just go hard. Right. Just go. Just make up for the other five nights. Like I said, though, that's a terrible part of me that wants something, some awful news to be delivered to me so we can be like, we're getting fucked up. Okay. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> we'll figure out something. No. Some sort of it, would all, it would have to be some kind of... Uh, Definitely wouldn't think of something like that bad happening to people I love. I'm saying more of a, if I get a bad bad diagnosis or something, be like, all right, we're off, oh, to, so we're off to the races. So you you have stage 11 ass cancer. You're sure. Like, well, we're just going to go ahead and go out with a bang. We are. I get it. It would be tremendous. Let's play the theme song. Mm-hmm. Here we go. Now, now the episode is officially starting. Made the theme song too long. I don't think so. Uh, it needs to be like 15 seconds. This is closer to 40. Oh, how long is it? Yeah, it's 52 seconds. It needs to be like 15 to 25, something like that. Yeah. I guess I can cut it down. Who gives a shit? Whatever. Anyway, episode 417, me and Chuck are here. We're having a great time. Um, it's Mother's Day. Um... Let's talk. I have a whole list of things prepared to talk about. You do. Yeah, I don't know that we'll get through all of them. There's so much. We just make this a Game of Thrones podcast because there's we, we can probably quite a bit to I'm discuss. Getting, I'm getting there. Yeah, I'm getting there to where I'm 
I'm pretty good. Have I'm, they? Uh, have has Stannis been on the march yet? Oh, they're on the march. Yeah. <laughs> oh, they're on the march, and there was the fight at uh, Winterfell between the Freys and, and uh, uh, the Manderleys and everybody and, uh, and, and the and, and the Umbers. The, everybody's car off at each other, and yeah. Ramsey just says, "Get the fuck out of here! You guys go find Stannis." <laughs> right, and so they took off. Theon has escaped with Jane. Mm-hmm. Um, Stannis, not Stannis, fucking Mance Raider. Was warged, not warged, but uh, glamoured. Glamoured to look like uh, a girl or the singer. No, the singer. Okay, he was the singer. All right, he glamoured to look like the singer. I think George. Which, R- how did I not know that? Because right, Abel was his name, and St- uh, Mance is a singer. Like, well, but do you, do you know where the anagram Abel is from? I'm trying to think now. Uh, no, Bill the Bard, uh, the guy who'd snuck into Winterfell uh, and stole. Stole a Stark daughter. God damn it. Yeah. And that's, man, that's good. It is. Dude, is good the, the guy's the best. I mean, I love when I read his books, but I hate it because, you know, for, for one thing, there's nothing new of his to read yet, but I also have to go to, I don't, who, writers I don't necessarily consider lesser writers, but ultimately I probably don't like their stuff quite as well. Like even as even as much as I love Tad Williams, I really I mean I've got a bookshelf to prove it. You know that, that downstairs bookshelf you have the bona fides is a uh, fucking packed full, and I've read every fucking one of them. So um, as much as I love him, I don't like him as much as I like George R. R. Martin. It's fun to read. I would almost rather re- uh, write fan fiction in his world. Like I, that that post I put up on that thing yeah. has over a hundred likes now and a bunch of people have commented on it saying that's awesome and you know, you know which which one was this? The one where I said uh talked about a Arya taking on a far wind captain who can or who can warg into orcas and dolphins and then and then talks about warging into a humpback whale or a blue whale would completely destroy your mind cuz they're just too old and they're too powerful. So um, so Mance has glamoured into the singer, and, and and they're slowly killing off people in Winterfell. And one of those girls, uh, no, I think you know who I think Val is, the princess, the wildling princess. I think she's an Umber. Ooh, I think she was stolen. One of the Umber's daughters was stolen. Apparently, she's very hot. Everybody wants to bang. Yeah. And she's got Axel. Axel Florent really wants her bad, and he's oh, an so ugly, bad. disgusting dude. He's yeah. like big ears. He's bow-legged. Let's look at it, an art, artist depiction. And like Jon Snow was like. Great name, though. Axel Florent. And, yeah. Jon was like, um, even if she was available, she would not be available to you, sir. She's got it for Jon. And there's nothing Jon can she do. She does. Um, yeah. Axel Florent is a troll. Here he is depicted in the show Game of Thrones. He looks just like a regular old man. He's got big ears and he's yeah. like balding and shit. Yeah, that's that's a pretty good. Uh, that is an excellent depiction there. Excellent picture. Fucking satellite ears. But he's also like Ooh, a figurine. He's like what? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Who's making those? People just make things, man. I need to. I need some of that. People just make things. I need to look up a. Uh, Do you think they sell like? Uh, Castles like that you can build yourself, like Game of Thrones. Like no, they Winterfell. wouldn't be. They wouldn't be licensed. Probably not. No. By the way, the Winterfell on the on the uh, we all know this Winterfell on the show looks nothing like Winterfell should actually look. Yeah, it should have uh, 
the roofs should be more angular so the snow well, can come and, it, well, and for one thing it's huge the the the, the barbican you know the 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 outside wall 20 foot and then 40 foot right well but then it's like haphazard and it like spreads over like and there's a moat between the mm. walls um I and think, then the godswood's really big so. i think what they did is they just found an old castle and spruced it up a little bit with cgi right they were like well we did it for season one now we have money but well it's it a castle needs, in northern look, ireland it needs to look the same mm-hmm. so well yeah you can't with it. right um you can really tell the the difference. I started watching it again the other night, season one. I can't watch it read at the same time. They got to be. They have got to be independent of each other. Well, I'm almost done. So yeah, but they're selling the entire season six on Blu-ray up at fucking Dollar General for fifteen dollars. Well, I mean, I've also got HBO. So well, I know, but that's something we'll talk about. Blu-ray to me is is the real deal. Like I, I it looks. Way better than anything else, probably. Like it looks better than streaming. It looks better than DVDs. Streaming goes it uh, it dumbs it down to whatever your TV does, which it should, I guess. Right. I have an old TV, but it's just it, it's pixelated, and it's just going to be. Mm-hmm. Blu-ray is not pixelated. Yeah, it's a smooth picture. You know, like, and it's just so. I was watching. I got the Halloween three, fucking Blu-ray. Man, beautiful. It really is. I'm sure. <laughs> I mean, I watch it every year, and it, it's great. Well, I mean, I'm getting the whole horror collection. Like, and I've got Night of the Living Dead. I've got Halloween 3. I've got Friday the 13th Part 3. Uh, I'm getting Part 2, because Part yeah. 2 is the way to go. Cause it's part got, 1's... It's got a young Marta Cobra in it. Yeah. So Part 1's good, but, like, uh, Jason doesn't show up till like, the credits. Right. Yeah, he jumps out of the water and right. grabs that... I don't want to say ugly, but she was probably hot for 1981. Well, she was meant to be, you know, Alice. She's still, I mean, of course she's still alive. That's uh, Adrian King. Uh, that's one of the ones I interacted with on uh, Twitter. So, not Twitter, on uh, Instagram. So, I'm wondering what's going to happen. We're just com- sw- switching sh- subjects mm. subjects again. The uh, Stannis and his army are bogged down. They've got the Northmen. They're like fucking the Ned. Um, that was the best. You weren't was stopping that, those motherfuckers. Wasn't that the best line, though? Yeah, like they call him the Ned. You weren't like, you weren't stopping those those guys once they found out about because they don't know shit. They're, wasn't it Big Bucket that said that? Big Bucket Wool, I guess. Yeah, but they they they're like uh, West Virginia in 1996 yeah, when everybody exactly. else had internet and we were just starting to get it. They, they had to go up there and tell them that what happened to Winterfell. They had no right. clue, and then when they heard, it's on like a steaming pot of neck bone. Right? They were they're like, <laughs> what? And the fucking get my shit. <laughs> the, the fucking soldiers, the Southerners, couldn't keep up with them. So they're like, we're, we're being bogged down by you guys. We could be there by now for fucking shit up. And <laughs> like this winter. He's like, winter? Spring's this is kiss. fall. <laughs> yeah, this is fall's kiss. This is winter kiss. fucks you up the ass. <laughs> but they're, um, I'm wondering, because I know uh, Frey and uh, White Harbor and those guys, they're running out to find them. I'm wondering what happens. Well, there's there's the pink letter, which that is debated. Over, who wrote over it? Who wrote it? Did I think wrote it? I don't think Stannis wrote it. I think that uh, Barbary Dustin wrote it. Lady Dustin. I haven't gotten to that point, but I have. I've watched videos about it. Um, I think that she. I mean, it could be so many different people, like. And each each one of them has a fairly strong case. Stannis himself, but Stannis, that's a little bit beyond Stannis, his abilities. Like, he's not unintelligent, 
but he's more of a tactician and a fighter and fighting man than he is a espionage guy. I mean, we all that's there's no doubt about that. It could be uh, Melisandre. It could be. Um, it could be Sam. No, it couldn't be Sam. No, Sam's Sam. on the ship with uh, Sam's, Billy. Sam's on his way back to to Old Town. To Old Town, right now. Yeah. He's with the, the on the Cinnamon Wind. Um, um, it could be Bruce Bolton. Um, he seems a little bit fed up with uh, with Ramsey. With Ramsey. Yeah, but why would he? Chow- why would he risk his own position? Even if he hates the kid so bad, that doesn't. That's that reeks of. See, you talk about somebody who's plot within plot within plot. That's Bruce Bolton. So that's a little ham ham fisted for him. Um, could be. I was going to say Brand, but he's not good enough at um, green seeing and all that crap yet. He's just gotten hooked up to the network, right? Hmm. I'm just wondering. And this See, is this is supposed to the letter is meant to get fucking John riled up and it's, it's, forget his battle. What's going to cause the battle of the bastards? What's going to cause? That's the thing that's going to happen in the book. That's that happened on the show. Oh so, yeah, I'm sure that's happening. That's one of the reasons why I wanted that Blu-ray thing because that's the season where Battle of the Bastards I, took place. I don't want <clears throat> I don't want Stannis to die to cause the Battle of the Bastards. I don't I want, want him to get I don't want back. him to kill Shireen. That that would like ruin the character for me. Hmm. Well, right now, well, she just made her way back to Winterfell, where I am. Yeah. Huh. I was thinking she was at Eastwatch by the sea, but now she's made her way back to Winterfell, so it is now possible for them to fucking burn her at the stake. It is. Um, especially if Mel- Melisandre's there. No, she's with Stannis, isn't she? No, she's still at... Oh, she's she's still at the... Uh, I said Winterfell. She's still at Black Castle Black. Okay. Um. I mean, I just really don't want that to happen, but I think it's gonna. I think it's going to. Um, as much as I don't, wait till you get to the chapters, the Winds of Winter chapters. They're fucking great. Like the Theon's chapter is more Stannis just being Stannis. I'm wondering because Theon's the last Theon I read is the one where they jumped off the wall. I'm wondering if that's the last one for him and. In this book, because I got a couple hundred pages left, man. I think it is. Like he's so we're just sitting in limbo. Mm-hmm. I guess he'll make it to. No, he makes it to Stannis. In of course, the he does. Sample chapters. chapters. Well, they find him. Like, um, ha- has the uh, em- emissary from the Iron Bank found Stannis yet? Not yet. He just left Winterfell or Castle Black. I get those confused. He just left Castle Black, and they have ships. And you have to admit the the Iron Bank does not fuck around. They do not fuck. They're around. not allowing a fucking massive winter to stop them from getting their fucking money. No, absolutely not. And I like the fucking emissary from the bank. He's such a he's a goofy looking character. Tycho Naharis is his name, I think, or Tyke. Uh, I think that's his name. No, Tycho something. Um, and he's really cool. He's like super tall and skinny, and he's got like a long like braid down his back. And he has this goofy looking hat. Apparently, it's his hat. He's, it's a banker's hat that he's supposed to. This is who they're calling Tycho. Tycho Nestoris. Yes, that's him. He's he's a cool fucking character. I like him a lot. 
because he's like, well, you could die. He's just like, well, lots of people die in the service of the Iron Bank. We should get going. You know, like, I love yeah. that uh, if you don't pay them back, they'll just hire the faceless man to kill you. Or the Golden Company. Or the Golden Company. If it's enough people, they will hire the Golden Company. Right. But if it's just one guy, they'll get you. Oh, absolutely. How? Here's one that goes all the way back to season one, May two, I guess. How did Jacques and Hagar end up in the black cells under? Uh, he had to have been. Lake. He had to have been purposely caught. You're not going to catch a guy like that. Hmm. He did that on purpose. You think it's possible that Jacques and Hagar was Syria? Uh, Syria for real? No, I don't think okay. it's Syria because they're they're just too different. Um. I think Syria is still alive. Um, I hope so I love I de- he dude. He was the, and I liked it better in the book than I, did. I liked him on the show, man. Don't I liked get me wrong. He was good, but in the book he was just so much. See, I, again, I knew this was going to happen. You have no idea how consumed I was with those books when I first started reading them, and they were fifteen years before the show even thought about twenty. I mean, and it was like you know. I remember the first copy we had was one that. Uh, I can't remember if I no, I bought it first, or I can't remember if Bradley bought it first. I bought it. Pretty sure. And the first copy was paperback. There were no hardback copies of that. And it was just, you know, I remember I wish I still had a copy of that. It's worth lots of money now, especially if it's in good shape. And I just blew through that fucking book and was absolutely blown away by how detailed fucking just I wanna eat something out of a trencher. Well, trenchers, they had it's tre- just it's just hollowed out trend- loaf of bread. Well, no, well, they had trenchers in Appalachia. Yeah, it's just trenchers, but it, it could be just a. It also could be just a piece of wood with rivulets on it to take your grease and dump it onto the floor. Yeah, but when they're talking about trenchers, they put stew in trenchers. Right. It's just like a hollowed out loaf of bread. Sure, it, I, it's like a bread bowl at fucking the soup place. He is. That's one of the best things. Like there was a Reddit post. What is his best description of food? There's all videos books? about it. Yeah, and it all well, sounds tremendous. Alt Shift X and uh, Glidus did like an, uh, a two hour video ranking food descriptions. I think my favorite, I would like to see a cooking show where they try to cook some of that food. That's got to be a thing. Because there's a Game of Thrones cookbook. Amanda showed that to me one time. I was in her store and she'd like, look at this. I was like, well, that looks fucking awesome. I was like, I'm not cooking any of that because it seems extremely, extremely, <laughs> you know, complicated and difficult. Hmm. 15 best food descriptions in a song of ice and fire. You really lose some, some of the stuff in the show, like uh, what everybody's thinking. Right. Like Aria's constantly telling herself to be like a water dancer and mm-hmm. this and that. Fierce Quick as, as a wolverine, quiet as a shadow. Yeah. Bola Brown. In the bottom, there were pot shops along the alleys. Yeah, I would not be eating of any of the fucking Bola Brown. Huge tubs of stew had been simmering for years, and you could trade you, in uh, trade half your bird for a hill of yesterday's bread and a bowl of brown, and they'd even stick to stick the other half in the fire and crisp it up for you as long as you pluck the feathers yourself. <laughs> well, have you heard some of the things they put in the bowl of brown? Whatever they get. Kittens, Everything. Puppies. Yeah. Bodies. Because... Fucking Tyrion had him take the blue bard. No, it wasn't the blue bard. Who was it? It was one of the one of the singers, and that motherfucker ended up in the bowl of brown. So he turned all the people into fucking flea bottom into cannibals. Tyrion's a little more evil in, in the book. Um, he's coming around a little bit now. That I don't he's been think captured. he was necessarily ever evil. I just think he was he 
thought he should do right by his family. Um, I like him better in the book. Um, I, I love Peter Dinklage, man. He he did a really good job. Um, but I like everybody better in the book. Well, notable exceptions. Uh, the Hound, Rory Cochran, just fucking nailed it. I mean, there, you, you're not going to get better depiction of that. Um, in the book, he's assumed dead right now. There's uh, one of the actually, I think it's one of the prisoners that were in the cell, the traveling cell with Jockin that caught on fire. One of them has his helmet. It's and is going around raising his Rorge. Yeah, yeah. They get in the nose. That's when Rorge. Um, it's uh, actually he was mentioned in Feast for Crows. Rorge was no, or uh, the, the Hound the was. Hound. Yeah, he's mentioned, but like everybody's just kind of assuming he's dead now. Right. He was uh, at that. Uh, no, we're supposed to assume that he's dead, mm-hmm. but they keep saying that. They keep seeing his helmet all over the place. Well, not only that, but they, she's like, have you seen the hound? He's like, there's nobody about that name here, but doesn't deny his existence. But he's with those guys. He's with uh, Septim, uh, what is it? Septim Maribald. Yeah. The guy that, and, from, and dog. Yeah. The guy from uh, uh, the, the, the Western show. Oh, you're talking about, uh, you're talking about uh, the peaceful fellows or whatever the fuck their names are. He's a grave digger for them. I think. Well, I mean, it's a little bit different in the book. Like they they have a remember they have kind of a monastery that's like on a rock that's like outside of salt pans. Yeah. So, um, Brienne, uh, my last uh, update from Jamie was they were somewhere. And Brienne showed up with her face all bandaged up. Yeah, and, and she's, I guess, leading him to Lady Stoneheart. Mm-hmm. That's going to be fun. That's going to be brutal. I don't know if he's going to make it out of that one. He probably will, but he shouldn't. No, he probably will. He doesn't deserve to make it out, really. I mean, she's just such the spirit of just vengeance, and you know the fact that she knows now that beyond a shadow of a doubt. Well, she knew that before that he that she that he pushed her son out the window, and yeah, they knew. Yeah, I just I don't know, man. I I'm. I have tried to back away from it because I'm trying to get in something new because I'm, I've stepped back into Dune. I'm almost in this. I'm almost through the second book now. Um, and this is where I usually encounter difficulty because how many times have you read the first and gotten into the second one? And I've read the first two numerous times. I've started children of Dune probably five times and never been able to read it because it's so fucking weird. And it's just, the Dune, the Dooniverse is not a place where you'd want to be at any at any point. I think that's another. I've never realized until this moment where I just said it. Um, it's there's no place you'd like to live. There's no description of food that you would want to eat. There's no people you like. There's you know it's just a bunch of who the fuck are these miserable fucking bastards, and why the fuck would they want to live this way? <laughs> Like the people of Vix, who the fuck would want? I mean, the the Benny Tlylax, who the fuck would want to live like that? They are the the, the face dancers, the shapeshifters, yeah, with the axolotl tanks and that garbage ass shit. And then the Benny Jesuit, who are just obnoxious as fuck, and they're just, and then they became another thing later later, which are worse, called the Greater Madres, and it's just like you are just the most worthless pack of fucking people, you know. That's and I found out why I can't read it is because I don't give a fuck about anybody. I mean, uh, maybe you should just watch the movies. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm going to finish it because it's one of the works, towering works of science fiction. And if I ever want to be a writer someday, I'm going to have to read it. I'm going to have to identify more things why I don't like it as much. The reason I love Game of Thrones so much is because I love the world. 
They made it. He did a good job. Well, I mean, every single thing in it is interesting. Right. From the from the the weird shit that you never hear anything about, mm-hmm. but like once in a blue moon, the Ebenezer and all that crap, yeah. Sotharios and all the crazy shit to just your regular everyday thing like Winterfell. Right. What's going on there? There's all kinds of like, why does there always have to be a Stark in Winterfell? Mm-hmm. Uh, is it because the fucking statues come to life underneath there? Maybe. I don't know. No, it's not a thing. But I'm it just, is a thing. In dreams, it's a thing, but it's not. It's not possibly come. a thing. What? They're going to come alive? They, I don't know. I've watched all kinds of videos. I don't think they'll come and alive. And why do they have to the, put the sword across their laps? That is a uh, superstition to keep their ghost in, in the, uh, to keep their ghost from haunting the castle. It's not to keep the know. it's not to keep the statues down. That's a little far for him to to. to Maybe it's to for them know. to use when they come back to life and help with the fucking long night. I don't know. I just, that's that's a bit of a reach, you know. Well, there's a lot of references to stone to stone men, people made of stone, all this shit, right? People but reanimating all the time. Why not? You can do whatever you want because they're sculptures. I mean, it just wouldn't make a lot of sense. <clears throat> yeah, but he wouldn't write that. He might. I don't know. I, I bet you. There's lots of dollars to lots dimes. of these like uh, in deep geek and fucking alt shift X and all those guys. David like, Lightbringer didn't read. Didn't write. I'm it. sure he has something. Uh, like that sounds. I'm that sure sounds he a little far for him. I'm sure he's got something about because he's the guy. Man, I mean, he. Guy. I just watched a video of his where he <clears throat> talked about how the we're the uh, White Walkers come from trees. They're made from the trees. Why not? Not not like it's a theory that he he has where they they come they come out of the trees the weirwoods. I mean, I could see that. Yeah. But do you see why I could see that and not the other? I can see why you could see that and not the other, but if one's possible, why not both? Just see what happens. I don't know. No, because, okay. He gave them you're weapons. Not a, you're, you're not a fan. He of, gave them weapons. <laughs> you're not a, a, enough of a practice fantasy hand to understand what kind of things are possible and probable and what that kind of things aren't. I know he does things to make you think that this might happen. I'm sure that like he planted these right. seeds. But I'm saying that in any kind of fantasy, the less plausible you make something, the, 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 the less scrutiny your story can take. So... And the farther and, and the less plausible things happen in lesser fantasy, like something, something like that, you like with the statues coming to life and all that shit. That's something that happens in adventure fantasy, like Forgotten Realms. And, you know, that would even happen in Dragonlance. Maybe, maybe happen in Dragonlance. Probably wouldn't. But they're just kind of a goofy concept, mm-hmm. you know, um, coming it's all, out. It's all kind of goofy. Well, it is, but, <laughs> but it is. It's awesome still. But it, like the coming out of the weirwood tree, that I could see because there, there's a mystical element to that. Well, the uh, like the white, the actual walkers, like the like the in the show, he was the night king, mm-hmm. and the guys with him, those they're just ice. They're just made of ice. Right. I'm pretty sure they those weren't actually people, but the others, or is it the others that are the more sentient ones? And the white the walkers, others and the white walkers are the same. Well. There's a different name for the ones that are in charge and for the fucking reanimated dead people. The whites. Those the, are the whites. The whites, W-I-G-H-T. Yeah, like Paul White. Right. The giant. Yeah, I mean, that's the big show. 
Well, <laughs> it would be awesome if you're watching Game of Thrones. And well, <laughs> all of a sudden he just starts running through and knocking down fucking zombies. Boom, 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 boom. Oh my god, <laughs> he's taking them straight to hell. That would be awesome. It would be awesome. Why not? Why didn't they fucking cast that guy for something? He could have been Hodor. What a great Hodor he would have been. You expect him because he's such a good talker in real life. You'd expect him to have more than one he line. could not pull off a British accent. I really don't think he could have. Neither did the guy playing Hodor. He just says Hodor. Hodor. No, but he's... Hodor! I think that they could have cast him as like a a fighter in one of the... They could have cast in, him as one of the giants. They could have cast him as one of the umbers. Yeah. One of the umbers that doesn't speak. Yeah. Um, Most of them don't. No, they do. The great John, the small John, uh, Moore's, Crowfoot. But, the, you know, there's always guys standing behind the guys that look mean. I, all I, those guys look mean. They're so good. Well, the the Northerners are like they're the fucking coolest. Easily my favorites. Oh yeah, because they remind us me the most of us. Uh, well, they are us. <laughs> I, I mean, know. they're they're Celtic and Germanic. You know, they're they're what we're descended from essentially. Um, they're. Uh, I mean, everything about the the whole thing where they're there always has to be a Stark at Winterfell. Like the it's guest right. You know where that's from. It's got to be from... It's from Germanic. Yeah. It's from Germanic and Celtic to a lesser degree. But um, in in Dan Carlin's description of the Germanic tribes, who are... Them, the, them and the Celts are related, but in more distant distant way. But they still have similar white people. You mm-hmm. know, just white people from, from, from Western Europe that are warrior people. Um, guest right was strictly and was sacred and if you violated it that's your ass i mean they, everybody else would hear about it and you are no longer to be trusted you might even be killed for it that's the kind of people that i mean I, that was in this whole thing i'm sitting there listening to this fucking podcast being like i know george r, r. martin read this shit the guy's too well read in everything to not have you know to not have done that he wanted he what he did was he he said well i want to pattern these people after these people so what are their traits that i'm going to put in them you know from history to make them believable. So with the first man, of course, being Celtic and, and somewhat more Germanic tribe based, you're going to have, you know, um, guest right. You're going to have, they drink, they, you know, they have a very solid, they, they worship trees like the Celts did. You know, they, they live in, uh, their word is absolutely ironclad. And if it isn't, then nobody fucking trusts you. You know, it's like all those things. And then the Southerners would be more based on uh, the Angles and the Saxons who are descended from the same people too, but they'd slipped. They they weren't what they were. They were more devious. They were, you know, you couldn't trust them as much. Now, now that's not all of them. Because like, a lot of the Andals are, you know, you have the, the, the most Andal family in the realm is they are the Aarons. Mm-hmm. And they're unimpunable. I mean, they're they 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 are as good as their fucking word, and they always were. And um, that's why John Aaron was such a good fit for. You know, can you imagine? Imagine that a northerner entrusting his son to to, to, a, to a, somebody river. in the Vale of Aaron. Yeah, and also you know somebody from the Stormlands entrusting his his son. You know, to the Vale of Aaron. You know, yeah. they had to be. They had to think about that. They, those are two distinctly different, three distinctly different cultures, and they respected John Aaron and the Aarons that much. They're like, well, 
this is a good place for him to foster. He's not, he, they worship the seven and all those things, but. They probably had a heart tree there somewhere. Well, they tried to plant one in the area and it wouldn't, it wouldn't live. Yeah, one of the, <clears throat> another interesting thing that I, I watched a video about, and it was right there in the text and I just never got it. Whenever the very first scene in Winterfell after, after the prologue, mm-hmm. the uh, runaway night watchman gets beheaded mm-hmm. and Ned doesn't clean off his sword. You know how they always wipe off and then they put it, right. in, they put it in the sheath. Mm-hmm. He just sheaths it without, without wiping it off. Then the very next scene cut, he cut to him by the pool in the Weirwood forest, cleaning it by the pool, the uh, pond. And that feeds the trees. Right. Because, because they desire blood. Right. That is awesome. It is. That is awesome. Dude, as I've said, if I were wanting to construct a fantasy world, the template I'm going to use is that world. Now, I would definitely construct something as I have that was based less on European than on everything else, you know, like Asian and Native American and African, you know, all these different cultures clashing. And then the Europeans would be a pretty minor part of it. Because I would want to make a world where things, you know, some other mythos get to be thrown in there. And you'd see these other groups of people interact with each other and see what happened. But, um, you know, yeah, the. I mean, but that makes it kind of hard, too, because I, I love the European influence so much, you mm-hmm. know, not not least because of ethnic pride. But, you know, it's they're just interesting. You know, the Celts are extremely interesting people. I mean, they were interesting to their enemies, you know. Like the Romans were fascinated by the Celts. They're like these big, fucking scary, brutal people who drink from the skulls of their enemies. They're laughing while they fight. Yeah, and that's <laughs> and that's another thing I was saying. Like even today, like I was watching this video. Um, it's a he, he's a black guy. He has this channel, and he was and he was talking about the Irish, and he was saying how much he admired them and stuff like that. And he's like, and uh, they were playing a song, and I and I was, and I this is a sentiment that I wrote, and I think it. Carries a lot of uh, carries a lot of truth. I feel the Irish are a group that are able to write a song with war, happiness, and sorrow, all three in one thing, mm-hmm. and it's seamless. You know, like if it sounds happy, but they're talking about sorrow, and then it's usually a march to war. Like it's a, it's a war march, it's a very major key style of music, right? And they're like. <sighs> You know, the Germanics are... Tonight we will die for our country. Well, I mean, it's, the Germanics are more... Have a more stark way of looking at things, not to sound, you know... They they don't have as much joy in, in their stuff, you know. The Celts have a lot of joy, but they're joy in battle. You know, they, they love to fight, and they're really good at it. And then they, you know, they don't hold grudges. It's really weird. Like, they'll fight somebody, and then they'll buy them a, buy them a pint. They don't really care. You know, it's like... Uh, still... still I, I do believe that the Celtic peoples have retained a lot of what they were. You know, they're one of the few groups that really retained, and that's and that transferred over here with us. Like Appalachia is still a lot like that. You know, you got a group of people willing to fight. They're not mm-hmm. pussies. They're not shrinking violets. They're blue collar. You know, a rough and tumble group of people, and I like that. I'm proud to be descended from that. So, I'm trying to think of other cool shit that I've found out recently. Oh. The very first time in the show, I can't remember the book, but the very first time you see old Nan, mm-hmm. she's sitting by uh, Bran's bed. He's just woken up, and she asks if he wants to hear, hear about, about Duncan, Duncan the Tall. 
Those were always your favorites. No, they weren't. I like the scary ones. Yeah. So there's a little bit of foreshadowing there that she's she, Duncan the Tall squeeze. Yep, his main squeeze and Hodor's descendant from Duncan amazing, the Tall. Dude. So is Brienne. Brienne and possibly possibly the Clegane's. Yeah, which would be a bad thing for him though. Yeah, like, if he saw them, be like, "What the fuck are you guys doing?" You know, this isn't that's us. not what you do. <laughs> I, I, I picture him sounding a little bit like it Ringo. Does, actually, that does Don't sound you? exactly what I think he would sound like. Uh, like a little bit like Ringo. <laughs> Dunk the lunk. Thick as a casserole. I wish you didn't die, sir. <laughs> yeah. That dude, the beginning of oh, God, the it's fucking... So good. Oh, it's, the very first thing he says is, I wish you didn't die. <laughs> well, I, just the, the digging of the grave and the fact that... And again, the tone. The tone of it. It is so peaceful. A time of plenty. It's, it's not as serious as Game of Thrones. First thing you hear about in Game of Thrones is some Night Watchmen's going uh, beyond the wall. Do, some, do a little bit of ranging, and then all of a sudden, fuck. Right. This, like, uh, his his, uh, his homeboy died. And now, well, I guess Sir, Arla, Sir Arlen of Pennytree. I'm going to have to lie and tell everybody that I was knighted, even though I might not have been. You know that they found that Pennytree is in the Game of Thrones books. Is he? They found Pennytree. Oh, yeah? The town. Oh, yeah. Okay. You know, because they had all the tree with the pennies nailed to it. Okay. I haven't seen... Uh, I, I he might have read through it. I might have yeah. read through it. Uh, one thing I read right through in, uh, in the uh, fucking uh, Duncan Egg books is uh, a baby Walter Walter Frey running around yeah, the party. Yeah, and he was a fucking obnoxious little, little piece kid. of shit. Though, it's like, yeah. I wish I could kick him down the well. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Isn't it the best? Uh, and then uh, and then Lionel Baratheon being just the fucking coolest, the, the laughing, laughing storm. storm. What a fucking name for a I mean, guy. But all of them. I mean, even the even the minor players have cool devices, and you know, as in the stuff on the their fossilways. And and yeah, the green apple fossilways, the red apple fossilways. Then you have uh, um, it, 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 like some of the I like the the some of the times the most colorful people are the hedge knights. Yeah, because the because I want a series just about hedge knights. I mean, like uh, the one that uh, Brienne ran into, Shadrick the Mad Mouse. Because he he said I, he said because a regular mouse will run I right away from battle I run right to it. <laughs> he's actually not a bad fighter, you know. Yeah. Um, and then she found those other two that were um, that were just weren't very good fighters. The one guy thought he talked about he talked a big game, but he wasn't very good. And the other guy was his he just wasn't he was just quiet and his his armor and kit was real beat up. Um, um, <clears throat> another fun thing that I'm realizing is like you know. Especially watching the show. It's been a while since I've read the first book now. Mm. But like watching the show, being reminded of how badly everybody wanted to have Daenerys killed, especially Varys, because he knows about Fagon. In the show, it's like that. No. If you really think about it, it's exactly like it is in the book. Is it? He seems like he's down with it. He's down with it, but he, he doesn't he seem, always seem to hire very inept people. He does seem to do that. Do you think Varys would hire inept people? But what, I mean, what about him possibly being a Blackfire and Fagon being a Blackfire? This is all book stuff. This isn't in the show. Well, because I think that they're hoping for a, a union. reunion okay. of the family line. Reunited, it feels so good. Exactly. They, they want to put a, a Blackfire 
and a Targaryen back together to get the lines back together so you'll have a powerful family line again. They they understand, and we can all see this, that once the family split, they were not what they were. No, they were not. Uh, you had a lot of the strength go in the Blackfire line. Like six different rebellions. Right. And you had a lot of the weakness go into the Targaryen line. Now, they weren't all weak. But, you know, you had in, in the Blackfire line, you had uh, yeah, Bitter Steel and you had, you know, all these really powerful warriors. And, um, you know, I got I, that one wrong. It, it seemed like he was a little bit too jacked up to get her killed. But you were right. He's hiring a bunch of fucking doofuses. Like the guy with the with the wine. But Jorah the Andal is not a doofus, but he he's very good at keeping tabs on everything that's going sure. on. And. Anybody that, that could actually possibly kill her, like the wine merchant, mm-hmm. he was easily able to catch and keep her from killing her. Right. Because once he decided he wasn't he wasn't going to have her killed, mm-hmm. I guess somewhere down the line, Jorah decided, um, I'm going to keep giving him information, but I'm not letting anybody kill this bitch. Right. And uh, I'm wanting to know who Illyrio, if he's a Blackfire, if he's descended from somebody else. Because you know, you know there's so many satellite families to the Blackfires mm-hmm. that are like... No longer all, families in Yeah, they're all out Westeros. there banging and having bastards all over the place. Well, well, not only that, but so many so many houses sided with the Blackfires and their lands were taken from them and all that stuff. And then they went to fight with Bittersteel. And they're, all the people in the Golden Company are descendants of houses of Westeros. That's almost a, that's almost a prerequisite. Mm-hmm. So it, they're not like the Second Sons or the Windblown or the Company of the Cat or, you know... The uh, the storm crows, you know, none of those guys are the the golden company can mop the floor with the rest of those motherfuckers right now, you know, and they're all descendants of West elephants. Yeah, they do, they do, and um, I was told there would be elephants, <laughs> and then they just get absolutely. I love that, that Simpsons. Somebody made a made the meme or something like that where. It was Bart on the episode of The Simpsons. Where's my elephant? Stampy. Yeah. <laughs> I want my elephant. Um, <clears throat> I could talk about this all day. Fucking. Uh, oh, fuck. Yeah. It's the most fun thing I've ever uh, read. And it's also very sad and vulgar and just descriptive of horrible. Well, it's things. Ever, I mean, it's ever, it's all the things it's, it's got everything it needs and it's absolutely shocked. If he doesn't finish it, it's still going to go down as probably the greatest fantasy ever read. Absolutely shocked whenever I realized. I watched a video about it, and it made me realize that uh, in the book, um, Gior Mormont, the old bear, has a, a raven that's mm-hmm. constantly running its fucking mouth. All right. I didn't realize this until you pointed out Complete, uh, and And he always says- Is this confirmed? It's got to be. It's not confirmed because George isn't going to say, yeah, he's- Because ravens are really smart. Yeah, but like every time something like whenever uh, Gior Mormont, the Lord Commander, decides to give the Valyrian steel sword to John, the bird just says, take it. Where would he learn that? Mm. You know? Yeah. And he's constantly giving advice about things like whenever they're having the vote for the new Lord Commander of the Night's Watch. And John isn't even thinking he's in the running. And Sam's wheeling in the thing that they're going to put their votes in. And he and opens the lid. Snow. Yeah. Opens the lid and the bird flies out and starts saying snow, 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 snow. Yeah. It's, it's. Yeah, it, is, it does make a lot of sense. It's Blood Raven. Right. Uh, who is um, 
a bastard of the Targaryen house from a hundred years ago. Is it Agor Rivers? It's Brendan. Brendan oh, Rivers. Uh, he's warging. He's the three-eyed crow. He's, um, or in the show, three-eyed raven. He's warging into the bird, and he's warging into ghosts sometimes, yeah. it seems. Yeah. To help, to wake up John whenever the guys, wo- the whites. And likely warging up. into the other girls' wolves as well. Possibly. So, I mean, the other kids' wolves. Yeah. Even though, I mean, I know one of the things that's going to happen with uh, with uh, Arya is that it's going to be like the Wild Hunt, which is a giant pack of wolves that's going to fight on the side of of the living in the last battle. Can you imagine that? All the Dothraki, all the fucking unsullied nonsense, and a big fucking sea of wolves running with them. 700 wolves with one dire wolf at the head. Probably more than one. I mean, by that time, you're going to have all, yeah. ghosts, and you're going to have oh, uh, yeah, shaggy dog. Summer. Summer. Shaggy Dog's wild. He's the biggest one. I need to. I need to. I need more information about what fucking. Uh, what's the youngest one's name? Rickon. Rickon. I need more information about what's going on with Rickon in the wild. He's in Skagos. Skagos is across the narrow sea, right? No, Skagos is a rugged place up north where the Skagosi live. Who are there's there's unicorns there. There's. Uh, they're 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 wildlings, but they're not. Fucking. I mean, it's there's a time jump between this book and the next before the there there isn't maybe there isn't but I, this is me picturing it there's a time jump and as the battle for Winterfell because they've been pushed past the wall begins to happen here comes Rickon on a unicorn <laughs> <laughs> flying in the battle that's Pegasus <laughs> you're thinking of a Pegasus oh I'm sorry I'm so sorry <laughs> but how dope get your uh, mythical creatures how straight. dope would that be it would be <laughs> um, that was actually one of the plans to uh, to have the time jump to have Rick and be the last scion of the Stark of the Starks and to be you know to be a factor but he, he's not going to do that now that's also why he uh, introduced uh uh, Victorian Dark Star, Dark Star. Which one's Dark? Dark Star was the guy that killed. He's the Dane. He's yeah. Uh, he's Arthur Dane's Gerald Dane, grandson or son. Well, he's a no. He would be a nephew or something. He's the Sword of the Evening. Well, he said, "I'm Dark Star and I'm of the Night." Mm-hmm. He's none of those. But he's going to see what they were going to do. Edric Storm, who was uh, Jon Snow's milk brother, like the Wyla was the was the the milk the, the maid uh, the wet nurse. Yeah. And um, after uh, Leanna had died, you know, of course, they're going to need a wet nurse. So nursed him with Edric Storm. I mean, with Edric, uh, Edric Dane. And um, Edric Dane was going to be. Did they get it right first, Edric Storm. No, it's Edric Dane. I thought uh, the bastard of Baratheon was. Uh, no, that's Ed- Edric. His- that's Edric Storm. Okay. Edric Dane. Is, Dane, dude. I know they. They. I think. I don't know if it's Edric Dane, but it's. It's something. It, it is a Dane in the in in the show. They uh, leached um, the the blacksmith kid um, Gendry Gendry, mm-hmm. and in the book they had Edric Storm and did all that shit to him. Haven't heard from Gendry since book one, maybe two, two, book two. Um. No, he should have been in uh, Feast for Crows. Maybe a little bit. I don't know. It was briefly, but he was in there. Okay. Um, he's not going to be a factor. Like he's he's not going to be a thing. I don't think. Um, even if he is, he's going to be a minor part of anything. It's. Um, I imagine he's still with the Brotherhood Without Banners. He is. He's their blacksmith. Okay. So, um, 
We'll hear about him at some point. I like the fact that without actually saying it, they they kind of said he was he was dumb because like Ari said, every time he had to think, he got a look on his face like it really hurt him. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, let's face it, the Baratheon. Well, no, that's not true. But Robert wasn't dumb. He was impulsive. Just, it just, you think? Um, they're all. That's one of the greatest things I didn't realize. I knew he was based on Richard the Lionheart. They're also based on Conan. O'Brien? <laughs> the Barbarian. What? Yeah. All right. I see Skagos. It's uh, just it's like a separated island. Yeah. Okay. Very rugged. So he's still in the north. Yeah. Skagos is a large island in the mouth of the Bay of Seals. In theory, the island is part of the north and subject to House Stark or Winterfell. However, the island has little contact with the mainland, Westeros, and the Seven Kingdoms, and in practice, they rule themselves. The name Skagos means stone in the old tongue. Maester Baldur's The Edge of the World is... I'm going to get these, the lore books. Oh, yeah. I kind of... I had the one. I can't fucking find it. I'm just going to buy another copy. It's only 50 bucks. I kind of just want to see... Um, read about all the crazy weird shit that's out there. Well, shit, you you have the Jogos Nye, you have uh, a Shy by the Shadow, you have Sothorios, you have um, is a Shy the place where everything's made of this greasy black stone? Yes, Ooh. it just seemed like an awful place. And then you have Yeti. It's um, like their uh, Asia type place. Yeah, it's a, it's a combination of uh, a fusion of Asian cultures. Um, then you have. You have a Japanese style place too. I can't remember its name offhand. Weren't they going to do a series from? Yeah, it would be extremely interesting. It would be. I love the fact. See, we've talked about the inclusion thing and how it works because it sucks and they don't do it right. You talk about something that and somebody has done it pitch perfect from the beginning. That's George R. R. Martin. He understands that different parts of the world create different kind of people that are going to have a lot of cool, interesting shit about them. You throw everybody. I mean, it's the whole thing. If we're all, if it's like the old saying, well, if everybody was the same, wouldn't the world be a boring place? Yes, it would. So if you get a place where everybody's the same and everybody's culture is the same, it's boring as fuck. And you don't, and you have no uh, differentiation, you know, no different culture. No, because if you do that, well, you're singling people out. That's the way people work, mm-hmm. and it's going to be that's the, that's just the way. I mean, and that makes it better and more interesting. Um, Tad Williams does it very well. Uh, probably not as good as George R. R. Martin, um, but that's hard to say because his different books have different kind of cultures. And uh, Shadow March, he has a South American style, Aztec style culture, and then he's got like an African style culture. He's got. Um, in um, Memory Star and Thorn, he's got like a place that's kind of like Rome called Nabin, and then you have the the Third Things Man, who are kind of like uh, Germanic tribes on on this plain that are almost Mongol esque, but they're not. You know that they'd be the Huns. They're actually based on the Huns. So, um, you know, extremely good fantasy writers can do that. Um, and you know, well, <clears throat> there's so many different like cultures. In the books, like the Northmen are completely different than the people from the South. Right. You can't even tell it's the same guy writing it until you get to food descriptions or what people are wearing. Right. Lots of boiled leather, velvet doublets, mm-hmm. mail. Yeah. I mean, the, the, but that is what you had to wear because well, the people up north always have to be ready to go. You could always you get know? stabbed. Right. You know? Very violent people. <clears throat> um, I do notice that the North eat a lot more trenchers than uh, people from the South. And the middle. Well, they just eat more hearty. Yeah, you know, because you got to. You got to stay warm, for fuck's yeah. sake. Lots of stews in the north. 
which is I love a goddamn Irish, stew. Irish people are known for stew. I love so. a damn stew. Yeah, you know, long's been so I had a stew. Remember that stew I used to make? Yeah, you made good stew. I need to make that fucking shit again. One thing my mom used to make, um, it's called Charlie Beans. It's uh, you just take baked beans, doctor them up however you want. Mm. You got some people with pepper, onions, whatever, and then you just fry some hamburger and put it in the baked beans. There you go. Mix it up. Bam. That oh, shit yeah. is so good. Oh, yeah. And then what I do is you get uh, whatever kind of mac and cheese you want. It's all fine. Mm-hmm. You're from your cheapest. I don't like Velveeta. Or your fucking shells and cheese, whatever, whichever kind you want. And then I put a big portion on the plate. Then you take the Charlie beans and slap it right in the middle of it. It's got all your. I love it. It's got all your stuff in there. Oh, yeah. Anyway, I could talk about Game of Thrones till I die. One of my One thing I want desperately to see is to see Starks that weren't raised by a man that was raised by John Aaron. How much different they'll be. Still honorable and all that stuff, but maybe a little bit more brutal. Well, Brandon. Yeah, Brandon was a little bit wild. A little bit. Yeah. I mean, he was, him and Robert were like chase tail together. I mean, they were that kind of. He cut old uh, fucking. Um, Peter Baelish. Little finger from cock to neck. Yeah. You never see a scar in the show. Actually, that's just for the show in, in the uh, in the book. He cut him on the cheeks. Kind yeah, right kind of right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, they probably did that so they uh, wouldn't have to keep doing makeup. Yeah, over and over. Right, that right. could add up to a million dollars over the course of a. Well, yeah, and then and then it's going to switch places, and then you got to you know, yeah, it's just better to do it the other way. Um, well, but but Rick and Stark, uh, Lord Rickard Stark, is um, if Brandon had been the Lord of Winterfell, things would have gone down differently. Much differently. Like, uh, the whole thing, you got to think the whole thing with Leanna, you know, and and if he found out that it was Rhaegar's kid, he wouldn't have, he would have done what Ned did, but only though he probably would have told Robert to go fuck himself. You know, like, that's my grand, he's like, that's my, my nephew, and he's part Targaryen. If you want him, you can have to come through me. And the realm would bleed. Ned was never a coward. But Ned understood that if Robert finds out, the realm bleeds, mm-hmm. and it just and it had just got done bleeding, you know, for a fucking civil war. Can't then you're gonna have another one piled on top of it. It was the right decision to make. Brandon would not would not wouldn't have made the same decision because he would have considered it cowardice, even though it isn't cowardice. So because then you're going to have the entire army of the Seven Kingdoms. Trudging up Winterfell, which which will suck. Well, no, them. you're going to have to have people choosing up sides. Is what's yeah. going to happen. You're going to have to have well the storm. Also, the Stormlands will side with Robert, but then you have the Lannisters are going to side with Robert. Uh, the Arryns will side with the North, which makes them kind of in an island by themselves. So the Vale and the Vale is so volatile, you don't know which family is going to side with the Arryns because they're all considered the, the Vale. Lords consider them all basically self, themselves kings, essentially. Yeah. They're all very arrogant. I noticed like that a, in the chapters yeah. uh, after Tyrion left the Vale. I noticed that they were all very high and mighty. The Corbrays and the fuck, you yeah. know, and, and the crazy thing about it is, is that some of them are first men. Like, when you consider it like uh, the Royces, the Royces are, are the first men, you know, one of the only groups. They're related to the fucking mountain clans who are preying on them. They're the first men. They're not the Andals. So you got to figure they, they betrayed their other, their, their kin to go against the, to, to side with the Aaron's. It's a whole thing. Um, one thing I'd love is a, 
<clears throat> maybe just a short six episode arc of like a Hatfield McCoy things with the Brackens and the Blackwoods. That'd be fucking awesome. Just give me like something a special, you know? Because I want to see what the fuck went down with those motherfuckers. <laughs> they get Why a they lot, hate they, each other they so They get bad. into a lot of that in uh, in one of the lore. Yes. They, they really. The world of Ice and Fire, perhaps. I think uh, George R. R. Martin would discuss it for. I think he's a titty guy, too, because he, he's always describing titties, and they're always big. Like he's like, and one of the, and one of the things with the Bracken and Blackwood feud is that uh, one of the mountains was called Barbas Teats. Yeah, and then they <laughs> because the, the girl he loved, he loved her, but she didn't have big tits, but his mistress did. So he said, "Well, so I'm going to give him give him Barbas Teats." So it was like a big. Thing. And then the, the the Brackens had one name for it, and the Blackwoods had a different yeah. Jenny's Teats, I think. Yeah, was, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they'd fight over that. All right, it's so fucking funny. Um. I just keep running through my mind things I want to talk about with this stupid book. There's so much. I'm I'm spending any free time I have. I'm reading shit on Reddit. I'm watching fucking videos. Yeah, you're probably know more about it than I do now. It's no, it doesn't stick. It doesn't stick. Like I'll get things confused. Like I'll be like, you know, there there always has to be a fucking Casimir in fucking Castle Rock. And you're like, what? I don't know. <laughs> I forget. <laughs> there always has to be a Tyrell in Skagos. No. No, that's not it. <laughs> Tyrell's from Highgarden. Yeah. Anyway, the Tyrells seem to be the least interesting people to me, except for Elena. Uh, I don't know. I mean... Um, I give a fuck about uh, the dad. I do like Marjorie. She's hot. In the show I'm sure she's hot in the book too She is She's way hotter in the book actually They describe her as hot Well Cersei's way hotter in the book Yeah everybody's I like Lena Headey Don't get me wrong She's a good And she's very attractive They had Well since they knew where it was going They had to get somebody That could do the evil stare Like right, fucking right. Lena Headey Well and she's good I mean don't get me wrong And she's definitely But the way they describe Cersei Lannister Is like the most beautiful woman In the Seven Kingdoms Cat mm. is described as being Extremely hot too Yeah and then they The, the girl they cast for originally Was young and hot but then they had to age the kids up, so then they had to... Yeah, they aged everything up a little and bit. I, and Michelle Fairley does an extremely good job. I think she's great. I mean, she's... That's how I picture her now. No. Like some of the characters I picture differently, but I do picture Kat as... I do, I, the way I picture them in the book is completely different, usually. than, than Arya is almost exactly, though, how I would picture her. Um, you know, uh, Rob is... Rob is a is bigger in the book than he Rob is in the show. Stark. Stark. Oh yeah, he should be a little bit more of a hunk. Well, Hoss, he's a big yeah, like a, because the Tullys are big men. So, but the Starks can be too. It's weird because Ned is Ned. Ned in the show is a Sean Bean's a big guy. Ned is not a very big guy. It's probably not even six feet tall. Probably weighs one hundred eighty pounds. You know. Um, they always describe him as a lesser version of Brandon. You know, he's just the quiet wolf, you know, and um, I want to know what happened to with the Chardain. Like, is she, she's in, she's in great water. Watch. Is she? Yeah. She's with, uh, she's with Helen Reed. Helen Reed. Okay. They faked her death. That's good. Who's Quaith? A lot of people thought it was Chardain was Quaith. Uh, no, I don't think it's Quaith. Uh, I think that she might be, um, Shit. I saw a theory like this about this and it actually made a lot of sense. Is it Ol- Olena Tyrell? How funny would that be? <laughs> no, it's um 
Well, no, I mean that that doesn't fit because she would have she'd be old. Um, it was the girl who took off around the world uh, on the Sun Chaser. Oh, Nymeria? No, no. Um, she was with uh, one of the Targaryen girls. She was gay. She was a shit. What was her name? She went farther west than anybody had, and then she had three ships and two ships returned. One ship, well, one ship returned, and the men were all pretty much dead. You know, there were a couple left. And then another ship returned, and nobody was in it. Hmm. And then her ship never returned. So that was one of the things I was going to reference in my writing, both that and uh, Brandon the Shipwright, because he sailed in the Sunset Sea and was never seen again. He, He had a fleet with him. So my plan was to have a group of Northmen who had occupied the North America type land and had gone native largely, but remembered some things, you know, and would have had some aspects of of the uh, of the North culture in that in that native in that uh, North American style place. Would have been extremely interesting to write. Mm. One, <clears throat> I don't know that I've seen him yet, but I'm pretty excited to see Waman Manderly in the show again. Now that I know a little bit what these motherfuckers are actually supposed to be. He's not like. in it, really. He's barely in it. Got to pass by him at least once, you know? They'll just have some fat guy sitting there. Okay. He's, he's in the meeting where they're... I uh, want to at least be like, ah, there he is. Well, I mean, it, it's in the meeting where uh, where Leanna Mormont is shaming everybody. He's in that meeting. Uh, you don't see Mage Mormont except... Pretty much one time. You don't you see the great John just the one time, pretty much. Uh you see the small John later and he's fighting on the side of uh Roos, of uh Ramsey Snow. So That sucks. Yeah. I mean I like the fact that they kept the character and they kinda made it the the most brilliant thing to do is just make it a different reality where things went differently. Mm-hmm. That's a good idea. Yeah, because I get a feeling things are gonna be much different. In the books. Absolutely. The Great John is still alive. He lived through they killed the small John. But he had it coming. I don't know why, but I just get a feeling he had it coming. He barely spoke. I know. <laughs> they hacked his head off. Good. Um, but then they kept the small John alive because they wanted the umbers, you know, to be on their side. And that's the one thing, too. You kept that fucker alive, and you think if he gets loose, it's not your ass. Oh, it's it's one of the deadliest ass. fighters in the fucking yeah. in the Seven Kingdoms. They should have you should have just killed him and then kept the son alive. <laughs> what they describe him in the books? He's like nine feet fucking tall, and he's he's like almost as big as the the mountain. Yeah. Well, he's not as big as him, but maybe the hound. The hound. He'd be bigger than the hound, but he's not as big as the mountain. Like that's why I always like to say it's like professional wrestling. Who's the baddest? You know, if you got a no holds barred fucking fight between them all, who would bring it home? That's such a tough question. In that world. um, no, uh, I mean the mountain, but he's also got a, a bunch of homies one on one. I don't know. I don't know enough about any of these people. Well, uh, over Martell had him beat. He did have him beat. He so had to he, fucking spike the football, man. Yeah. He had to fucking dance. Yep. Get the job done. You know. And he technically, he did win because the guy ended. Oh, up he dying. did win. But I'm. I, but I'm saying that. So you have to take that into account. Because now it's not only who can beat the mountains, who can beat Oberon Martell. Because Oberon Martell was definitely up there. So, and also people want to bring in things, well, Robert at his height. Well, I mean, that's not really fair because, you know, if you want to do a no holds barred in the in the history of Westeros, who's going to win? That's a lot of fucking fighters. There's you're going to have thousands to, upon thousands right, of years. And you have to think of Damon Targaryen. You have to think of fucking uh, Arthur Dane. I would put Arthur Dane pretty much top of the list. 
Was uh, he a dual wielding? No. Like in the show, didn't he have two? Yeah. That's kind of cool, though. That's a yeah, good but they change. didn't have him wielding Dawn, which is Which dumb. is literally a sword made from an asteroid. Right. That's awesome. You know where they got that from? That's King Arthur. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So that's why they called him Arthur Day. <laughs> yeah, it's great. That shit is great. <laughs> I mean, I love how he puts that shit in there. I mean, watch a video. There's got to be a video with all the Easter eggs he has from other fantasy authors. Oh. There's got to be a video. It's a great idea. That. I'll do that directly after we get Because that, that thing I gave you, it had uh, Robert E. Howard, Tad oh, Williams. There's dozens of... Tolkien, Robert shit. Jordan, yeah, you know House Jordan. That's Robert Jordan, you know. And then you had, um, you had the uh, house that was Tad Williams' characters, and the Hayholt is the character is the is the castle in uh, Memories of Thorn, and in uh, Westeros it's the Hellholt. Yeah, you know it's fucking. I mean, there's freaking Muppet Easter eggs in this thing. Yeah, uh, Zelazny, uh, Roger Zelazny, who wrote the Chronicles of Amber, he's got stuff from there. I'm proud that I've read most of these things. So. Um, I picked up. I picked a few of them out right when I read it. Like the Robert Jordan things, I saw from the beginning. I'm like, that's Robert Jordan. That's Robert Jordan. Robert Jordan is Wheel of Time. Wheel of Time. Okay. Oh, um, look at how they massacre in his show. I know, dude. It was so bad, dude. Some of it looked really cool. That scene where the IEL pregnant IEL woman was fighting is very good. Very good. That it saved the show. Because I it, hope they write the ship. Because I'm into this shit now. I want to like. You don't want to read those books. Pro- probably not. No. I'll just reread Game of Thrones. Well, you, I mean, you got The Dark Tower. I can get through that in a week, though, probably. Well, I've got all the other ones. Oh, God damn it. I've literally got, I've got really got every <laughs> Dark Tower book. Plus, I've got The Talisman. I remember trying to read Stephen King. It's definitely a, diff- it's definitely a different style. And not enjoying it, but I might be different now. That was probably 15 years ago. Well, you know that, that feeling you get in Game of Thrones where there's a really badass character? You know, you just... You want them to win. You're rooting for them. You think they're cool. Yeah, that's Walter Frey. That's Rowan, Rowan Disjane. Okay, you know he's he's fucking awesome. Um, especially when he's dealing with people from our reality. Like everybody likes to see a bully put in their place. And there's a scene where he's fighting a bunch of mafia guys who are murderers and you know just pieces of shit. And he steps through this fucking door and they're all shitting their pants. These guys have murdered dozens of people. And this guy just walks through and he's got his fucking big irons on him. They're just like. You know, hmm. holy shit! You know this guy's gonna. This guy's a real killer, not a fucking bully. You know, so, huh? I'm excited to get into it. I guess it's. I think you'll like it. And if not that, uh, I think I want to read. You you don't want to read Dune. That's Talisman. I think I want to read that because there's the Stranger Things guys are making a show. About well, it. I've got that one, but the the Talisman is Dark Tower connected. I, actually, I think you should probably just read the Talisman first because it is uh, it is connected to the Dark Tower, but not. In any kind of direct way, it's sort of they're, like well, they're, they're all all of his shit's connected in some way. Not all of it, um, a lot of it. You know, there are dark, there are designated Dark Tower books. Hmm. Um, then there are books like, like Pet Cemetery. It's not Carrie's. Not a will dark you tower read book. them to me? Sure, we'll do a show where you just read to me, and I, <laughs> and I lay on my belly. I do tummy time with my feet dangling in the air. <laughs> <laughs> it's extremely uncomfortable. <laughs> um. No, uh, you would you would really enjoy Hyperion, the Hyperion Cantos. Who wrote that? Uh, yes, me too. Quick, Dan Simmons. Dan, Dan Simmons, Simmons wrote. I those. know the name. I've heard the name before. I've talked about it. It's the one with. Uh, it's far in the future where you have, uh, you know, it's almost like a Canterbury Tales type thing with these characters going to this t- called the Time Tombs, and they each tell their story. And uh, one of them is this guy. The Muslims in this universe have moved to Mars. 
He's been a terraform Mars, and um, his name's Fedma Kassad, and he's like this. Bless you. F- fucking cool ass warrior cat who they're just everybody's terrified of. Um, one of them is this super like she's they describe her as beautiful, but she's super jacked because she's from a high G world where there's a lot of gravity. So she's just yeah. muscled like a bodybuilder, but she's really hot. It's weird. Um, then you have one character who his daughter is aging backwards because she got hit by an entropic oh, wave. A little bit of fucking Benjamin Button disease. Yeah. And she's getting like really young, like she's going to die. And he's trying to get her to the time tombs. And then there's, there's this giant thing called the Shrike. And it's just, just made of this called a core. Well, that might be what it's from. A corrugated steel and fucking a barbed wire. It's a crazy looking monster thing. Those are fucking excellent books. I, I put, I'll I tell you what, if you're going to read sci-fi and you want something close to George R. R. Martin, you can't get closer than Dan Simmons. So I'll give you Hyperion. Dune, you don't want to read because I barely want to read Dune. Um, you just feel com- uh, well. I have to read it. Yeah, I mean, it's I- I've dodged it long enough. Here's a question: With like fantasy stuff, it's all either sort of medievally or futury. Has anybody? I'm sure somebody has, but like, has anybody done anything like contemporary? Yeah, yeah. Or is that lo- just there's lots of contemporary? Fantasy. I'm sure there are. Um, well, there's one Terry Brooks did called uh, Magic Kingdom for Sale Sold, where. The guy goes, walks into a tree, and then it's like, it's weird. Uh, Terry Brooks is. I guess, in a way, Stranger Things could be fantasy. No, it's it's Stranger Things falls under the supernatural. It's so good. Fantasy is differentiated by um, usually completely different, fully realized worlds. Like, um, I'm not talking about lay upside down, I'm talking about a place with people and cultures. Um, sci fi. But it starts to get blurry because Star Wars, they classify under the sci-fi. It's not really sci-fi. It's a yeah, fan- it's, it's fantasy. Yeah, that's what I because you have knights and swords and all that shit. That's all it is. It's a fantasy in space. Now Star Trek is is hardcore sci-fi. Yeah, Hyperion is hardcore sci-fi. Dune is massively hardcore sci-fi. Um, would that be considered sci-fantasy? No, sci-fantasy would be. Did I just make up a genre? No. Because there are things that toe the line. Um, sci fantasy have fantastical elements. Um, I don't. I mean, it's it's definitely a genre that not a lot of people do because it's extremely hard to write. Because science fiction is based on things that are should be plausible. Fantasy are things that things that aren't plausible. If you start to mix them, well, I tell you what. I can't believe it escaped me. Tad Williams is like the guy when it comes to sci fantasy because the Sithy are actually from an alien planet called the Garden. And they came to Austin Ards on great ships across an endless ocean. It's space. They're in these giant fucking spaceships and have come to Austin Ard. Now, it's not technology as we would recognize mm-hmm. it. It'd be like the, the always the best analogy I've written is uh, I've ever I've not written, I've always talked about is that the technology in uh, Legend of Zelda and Breath of the Wild is like magic based, but it's got devices and stuff. It's still magic, but the magic has basically become the power for it. It's like almost like the electricity for it. So that's very close to how I see Tad Williams' systems on that. They are fantastic. They are in a fantasy world, but it's a a lot of sci-fi elements. Like if you took your smartphone to Mm -hmm. 1918 
and showed somebody just walking down the street, it'd be indistinguishable from magic. I don't think so. I think that uh, yeah, I think that we don't give people back then enough credit. I think that okay, somebody, let's I go think back pe- to seventeen, eighteen. Sure, okay. you, you take back far enough. Yes, it's going to seem like magic. Um, and yes, in this place, the Sithy do have things. They don't. They don't like the word magic. They call it the way you're bending things, and it's bending reality is what it is. And I and they have these devices that are weird, and they can do different things. I think that they have things that take you into different dimensions, and they, you know, it's like it's really fucking awesome. And you might want to read the, but I'm telling you, it's a it can be a slog sometimes because they're so fucking long. Which one is this? The Dragonbone Dragon. Chair and okay. the Stone of Farewell into Green Angel Tower. You know, and it's all Ted Williams stuff. Sci fantasy. That, that's that can be. I would classify that as sci fantasy. The best sci fantasy, the one that stands by itself. You know, it's how nobody has grasped his stuff and made a show out of it yet. But I know why it is because they get this down. They're looking at this like, okay, this is awesome. This hangs with George R. R. Martin, and then they get and they're like, do you know how much fucking money this is going to take to make? The Sithy alone are going to cost us millions because they can't just be golden skinned people. They don't look like people. They have slitted eyes and they move almost like birds and they're, you know, and they have a trilling kind of language that's, you know, and then you have the trolls who are right. One of them rides a fucking wolf. <laughs> you know, by the way, that's where George, George R. R. Martin got his stuff for wolves, stuff like that for from Tad Williams with Kentucky, with Benebic riding Kentucky. You know, Benebic is the little troll and Kentucky is great big wolfy rides. So I'm still picturing uh Rick on riding into battle on a unicorn yeah. in my brain. Somebody draw that for me. Somebody, uh, I wish I could draw still. My hands are just so fucked up though. Um, hmm. No, Tad Williams next book comes out in just, a few months like when do you think we're getting months when do you think wins is coming out and it won't be more than two years you think the uh the horn of winter will come into play or dragon binder um I haven't heard from Euron in a while he's got dragon binder doesn't he yes <sighs> Euron in animal. the book is so fucking cool he's in barely, the show he sucks he's barely in that it. guy's terrible i'm sorry he's just yeah that guy's fucking candleton great gray joy's terrible i mean why not cast him to type the fucking eye patch young looking clean shaven fucking you know crazy but also crazy charismatic you know all those things why not cast that even though it's, there's not a lot of magic in it with in the show you can still cast him that way this guy like uh, in the book he fucking got hooked on shade of the evening yeah, which over, the shit warlocks drink. Yeah, the, over there, um, in in Westeros they have uh, the weirwood paste, mm. which is comparable to what Shade of the Evening is over there. You know so what that's based the, on? Um, Dune, the oh, Mon, yeah. the Mon Spice Dune. Oh yeah, so the Green Seers they take the weirwood paste and it uh, sort of helps them get into the network. It right. helps them log in. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Shade of the Evening stuff is kind of the same thing over there with that one tree. The tree is called Shade of the Evening, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, it's weird how like it, the long night in Essos was fire whites. Right. I want to read about that. Um, I think there's going to be. I wish they they would start. They would relax the rules about fan fiction and open it up to people because you'd have some fantastic writers come up with some really amazing things. I mean, I think I could come up with amazing. things. I mean, you can write whatever you want. You just can't make money off of it, right? But I wish they would change it. Like if they would petition the writer, be like, "Hey, you know, could we open this up to people's visions?" I want to write the Long Night in Essos 
about you know mm-hmm. tell them that like right. about the long night where the fucking if you could submit it if you could submit it you know, it would have to go up and everybody shares well it would have to go through the channels like you'd have to start with as it my proudest moment is that I wrote something and sent it to TSR or Wizards of the Coast at that time T-L- and it T-L- and it made its way up to a senior editor <laughs> they liked it enough that it had gone through the base readers and had made it up to a senior editor and they actually read it. That's mean. That means it was good enough to get that high, mm-hmm. and that's years ago when I wasn't as good as I am now. So you still have that somewhere. Uh, I I don't. I Which mean, one was that? I'm sure it I was a it was a Dragonlance thing. Um, uh, is that one of those series that people uh, they have different writers for? Yes, or like the guy died and people kind of take over for him. No, no, that's you're thinking of Wheel of Time. Okay. No, Dragonlance is the one I read about the Tasselhoff Burfoot and stuff like that's Dragonlance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there was another continent called Talonus across from Ancelon. I wrote some stuff in there and had introductions concepts and um the lady she said this is good work, but you know, she gave me some critiques and stuff like that. And and the more I'm sitting here realizing it, the more amazing that actually was for it to actually reach an editor and then her give notes they didn't have to bother with that. You know what I mean? Well, the good news is... That's big shit. If you want to write something, you don't need anybody to tell you you can put it out anymore. Right. You can self-publish on Amazon. Yeah, but man, they don't do very well. Some do. Well, that's a good thing, but it opens it up for a lot of hacks now. We've got... Yeah. I mean, that's... We've got hackery left Same right. way with music. Right. I mean... It's filled. There's guys like me out there able to put out whatever they want. and it, But it, your stuff is good. Yeah, I think the world might disagree. <laughs> <laughs> so I like you're always willing to take yourself down a peg. Yeah, I don't think the world cares that much about it, but that's fine. <laughs> I, don't, I don't do it for the accolades. Um, but yeah, there, there's no, like we're doing this. Nobody said, hey, you're allowed to do this now. We just started doing it, you know? Right. So same thing with writing, same thing with music, same thing with fucking everything now. All you... The, the whole setup I have here um, costs less than like 400 bucks. Mm, now I'm thinking. Let's go 1000 All this costs 1000 bucks. Well, this is like 80 and then this is a couple hundred. Right. And but you made this. I made that. This was like 25 or 30 By the way, this is, this is impressive. Yeah. I mean, it's super heavy. But very heavy. <laughs> it was just scrap metal that we sure. had laying around where I was working at the time. But it's, I mean, it, if, you, if you add up all the mics, it might be around like six, seven hundred bucks, something like that. And I've had and I've I bought multiple mics. I love what we do here. I stand by it and, and and think it is one of the best things that I do. Um, I think that we have come a long way. I think our show is excellent, and I'm not just saying that you know for shits and giggles. I really think we do have an excellent podcast. It's just never caught on because. It just hasn't, you know. How yes. many how many podcasts are out there, and how many are going to get anywhere? Most we we do better than ninety five percent of them. Sure, <laughs> we've just never there's more caught than fire. Yeah, even though the, we have people in other countries listening, we have people in, in. There was a big bump in Philly. I mean, um, we discussed that how it, it broke down the thing and like look at all these people with this you know, the different places Philadelphia who, who actually who actually fucking listen. You know? Water, water, water. water. Water, Wawa, Hoogie. That was for them. Right. Go Sixers. One, two, three, four, five, Sixers. Ten, nine, eight, seventy. I'm sorry what Bill Burr did to you guys. Yeah, that was pretty. 
brutal. You want to do favorite things, even though that's kind of what we've been doing? Sure. All right, we'll do it then, you son of a bitch. Well, we've got, of course, the Game of Thrones thing. Dune, getting into Dune. I'm, I'm, uh, I'll be finished. I'll finish the second book early tomorrow, and then I'm going into the third one. I'm determined to get through it now. Hmm. Um, French. I've been practicing more French. Nice. I just, I, I am going to think if I practice half an hour a day for a year, that's you know 365 half hours. That's 180 hours. So you can achieve pretty much near fluency by that time. So, um, like I said, you know, I I was encouraged when I was able to speak French to the guy who came to work, you know, and um, that he was so impressed with my pronunciation and all that stuff and actually thought I was French um, for a minute. Um, that's fun. And that I'm pretty neat. Well, I was focused. I'm just going to focus on the one for a while. Like I want to learn Celtic, but it's not practical. French isn't practical either, but I thought, well, if I can impress enough people, because we have a few people who come through and speak French. If I can speak French to them, then maybe it'll give me a leg up in the company somehow. You know what I mean? Like, well, we've got Charles over there. He can talk to these people in French, you know, and maybe open a door or two. Plus, I just, I kind of like the language. Um, then after that, the next year would be Spanish and take a, do 180 hours of um, of Spanish for a year. You know, it's mm-hmm. – um, and just do that every year and see how many languages – you know, some people speak five, six languages. There's no reason why I can't. With my with my ability of memorization and able to recall things, it's tailor-made. Plus, I'm good at the accent. So, um, let's see what else. I don't know the oh one of my favorite things is that uh, this shoulder, which I thought was just messed up, turns out has been dislocated for over a year. So, hmm, <laughs> I wasn't able to throw. A, I had a jab that didn't have a lot on it. I mean, it, it had enough on it that if I hit somebody with it, it would hurt. But I want to be able to, you know, a good jab knock somebody down with it. So I was how it was. I was trying to do a shoulder press and I went too far this way and knocked it out of alignment. I just thought I'd torn something because I felt a pop. I'm like, well, you know, I got to deal with that now. I'm not going to do surgery and that stuff. I was at work the other day and I picked up a piece of uh, a piece of tin and it popped back in place. Huh? And I was like, ah, oh! screen. I was like, wait a second. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. <laughs> I mean, I, and now I can bench press and overhead press again. Sometimes you got to hurt yourself to fix yourself. Okay. I mean, I just I didn't realize it. That's and, why I cut myself all the time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's to look cool. I'm a cutter. Um. I don't know. There's, I went down a, if I, I'm trying to space out my kratom. If I don't take, I don't know if you've ever felt this. If you go without a kratom dose and you start to go into the, let's call it the gully. Mm -hmm. um, Do you ever get like overly emotional? No. It happens to me. Hmm. And it's not necessarily unpleasant. I get what's called, uh, what I call uh, aggressive nostalgia. 
and there was a, I was watching videos of, uh, there's this eighties video set to waiting for a star to fall. And it's got all the greatest eighties stuff in it. It's fucking awesome. Um, yeah, you can. Put, I mean, I, we wouldn't get taken down for that one. I don't think. Maybe, maybe not. Um, we'll talk over it. Uh, way for a star to fall. Eighties. Type that in, and it should pop right up. Tribute to eighties entertainment. Yes. All right. By the vintage tribute. I love these channels that just play vintage shit. All and time. they're really good. This is cut together so excellently. And the reason it. Is almost unpleasant. It's so powerful of nostalgia that it makes me sad. That times that th- this was a great time to be alive. You know, it had its problems, but it was. It's not a bad song either. No, it's a great song. That's a great chorus. Yeah, I didn't recognize the name of it. And now I know exactly. It's by Boy Meets Girl. Is yeah. the name of it. it's just two people. I mean, it's it's just got all the good stuff in it. They showed Punky Brewster earlier, and I had such a crush on her. Oh, yeah. She was my age, Mm -hmm. and (laughs) I loved her. We all had a crush on her. And now that she's uh, grown up, she's still very hot. Oh, yeah. I mean, you could just see see how good this is. I think they would have cut out Cosby. Uh, Conan. Rumor is they're uh, close to casting Superman. I'm interested to see how that's going to go. Um, so you can see, this is just one of those. This is wonderful. So well cut together, put together. Um, then there's a video that we've discussed before that is uh, Jennifer Conley. Oh yeah. In career opportunities, and the song is New Age uh, Space Age Love Song by Flock of Seagulls, and it's fucking amazing. Yeah, I, I, I put the fucking earbuds in and sit there and watch it and. I've cried before watching it because I'm like, I get it because I'm like, man, all this beautiful, all these beautiful things I got to see and live in this time and remember it so powerfully. You know what I watched there uh, last week? What's that? Pretty in Pink. Good little movie. It is. And uh, the song Pretty in Pink. Pretty in Pink. Great. It is a good fucking great. Good riff. Good little pop song. But the movie is very good. I'm it's on Ducky's it's, side. It's a John Hughes. Yeah, it's it's perfect for that time. It looks, James Spader. It looks better than every movie that's made right now. That, that particular way of shooting movies is, is especially 80s. I think it's due to film. I think it's due to uh, a different sensibility. Um, I think that if... See, it's like this. You can tell all this is 80s shot. You know, there you go. Fucking... A great thing is to do this with your friends and name as many things as you can rapid fire. Oh, I, would, I think I'd Millie do pretty Vanilli, well. Billy Vanilli, Idol, No Way Out, Aliens, U2, Ghostbusters, Pat Benatar, Ferris Bueller. A big staple the of the 80s movies was kids riding around on bikes. It was. Because it was a big staple of life. Sure. If we're making that's m- movies set in this time, it's kids staring at phones. And that's garbage. It sucks. It This is my favorite part. Turn it up. It's going to do a sudden key change. They cut it together like the Ninja Turtles were flying up to fight the Decepticons. That was fucking cool. Ah, yeah. Hogan. 
fucking great, dude. It's so good. They tried to remake a lot of these things. Like uh, I think they tried Knight Rider. They tried Miami Vice. You just can't. You can't do it. One of the things they're failing to realize is that one of the the reason it's good is because it's bad. There is a earnestness in things that are not good. Mm-hmm. I'm not talking about they're not good. I'm talking about they're not slick. They're not. You know what I yeah. mean? There's sometimes you might see a boom mic in the shot. Well, or, it, no, not not just that, but they have a certain corny quality or a certain lack of. Things are almost too quality now. Th- Everything's no too matter, self-aware now. Well, that there's that, but everything is well written. Yeah, I'm not everything. Well, not everything, but I'm talking but, about most things are well written. But that's become a hallmark of the time. Things back then were just in earnest. They were even if they were bad, they were they were the stories were told completely in earnest. You know, everything now is a wink and a nod. Yes, they do shots just. To make gifts out of them, so right. people can use them on Twitter, and it's it's not it's a, it's not a hor- it's not a good time to be alive. I don't think. Uh, I think it's a great time to be alive. It's just no, you know what I mean. Like it's, yeah, entertainment wise, you get you of course there are great things, but everything is made with a wink and a nod, trying to please people on Twitter, where that's such a small minority of people, right? That the people that don't get on Twitter and snark about everything, everything is Social made. Media is disgusting. Everything is it. is made. To not be snarked about, right? And it's guess what? It's still gonna get snarked about. Well, it's, it's like we talked about. Uh, I pointed this out before. Family Guy. They make fun of everything. It's you're not allowed to like anything, you know. When they're sitting there talking about Lois and Peter in a fight, and he's saying, and she's like, "I want to get into Halloween, like really into it." It's like, I'm into Halloween. <laughs> what is wrong with that? What is wrong with being in earnest and loving something? Everything because it's not cool. You're not. You're not trying. If you, everybody turned into the into the into the ironically the '80s kid with a leather jacket on who didn't never tried it, anything good. Yeah. It was too cool. Everybody tries to be that now, and it's fucking dog shit. Also, society has broken down in large part. Um, that's that's a whole complete different conversation. But um, the '80s had a real earnestness. It had a a, a hope. That uh, things were going to get better, that we were heading into this. Ironically, everybody didn't realize that this future we were heading into was going to be such dog shit when it, when when we actually were heading into it. Computers were a new thing. Everybody was razzed about computers and thinking about the possibilities in the future, what computers were going to be. I, you know, one day you have a calculator you can carry around in your pocket. <laughs> No more vacuum tubes for this guy. Um, <laughs> My TV doesn't weigh a metric ton, Alice. Now we're all Kyle Gordon. <laughs> all his, you're right. All his stuff is the same. Same but note. It, but, but it's it really fucking funny. It works. Um, there is a book by Dan Simmons, oddly enough, on this subject called Flashback. Everybody in the world is on this drug called Flashback because you can pick the memory that you want, take a pill, and it will take you back to that moment. And you will relive it exactly down to the smallest fucking detail. So the whole world crumbles. Like all of our civilization crumbles into the dust. Everybody stops. Because everybody away. stops doing things and living in the, in, the, in the present. Dan Simmons is a brilliant fucking writer. He's the one I told you. He came up with Facebook. He came up with Facebook before it was Facebook. It's called The All Thing. And it's on fucking Hyperion. That's a great thing to read those two. Ted Williams, he predicted a few things. This was before cell phones, so he didn't have a lot of cell phones in it. So it's dated. You're like, oh, I can tell this was a time before cell phones. But uh, Dan Simmons has a thing where 
there's the 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 uh, the technology sphere, like the techno core is what they're called. It's all the thinking computers and all that stuff. And there's a thing called the all thing, and it's just it's Facebook. It's people posting all the time about what they're doing and you know all kinds of stuff and this rush of information. And he is so fucking eerily good at it that sometimes it's shocking. You know, Hyperion is not a big read. You could get through that. Now that you've read these, you could blow through Hyperion in a week. I mean, it's a good fucking book. And it's just one Well, there's two. There's Hyperion and Fall of Hyperion. I'll read them. Next time you come, I'll read them. I'll grab them. I'm, you know, By I'm, then, I'll be done with that. Oh, sure. I'll probably have started on that. I'm, I'm going to be in Dune for a while. Then I'm going to read Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. I'm going to go ahead and finish it. Um, then I'm in, I've got Insomnia. I've got all the books up there on the shelf that I'm going to read. So... Um, Hyperion would probably be the best bet to go after. Uh, you might even want to read the Gunslinger right now. Um, if you're not going to read the rest of the rest of the Dark Tower, it's seven books and a lot of them are big. So, um, although the Wolves of the Kala is the Magnificent Seven, oh. so you can imagine how good that fucking book is. Big running battle. It's really fucking awesome. Um, but the Talisman is. I think one of the best books written in the English language. It's fucking beautiful. It's such a good fucking book. Um, so you might want to read it next. I kind of want to read it because the Stranger Things guys are going to. Yeah, I've got uh, the cop. And plus, there's going to be plenty of references in season five of Stranger Things to the Talisman. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. They've already got, they already had. Uh... See, we... the reason we love Stranger Things so much is not because it's just absolutely brilliantly written. It's because it the, it has the exact tone of the eighties. Yeah, they're the making it tone. in earnest. Um, yeah, it. They are. There's so no. Good. There are no winks and nods. In no, the there's just. It's a distillation, and it's such a, an excellent distillation. It goes for it in a big way. Like when fucking Hopper was wielding Conan's sword in that fucking thing. Like it was Conan's sword. I yeah. mean, it, that you look at it, it's exactly Conan's sword. I was just like, oh shit! You know, it's that's it shouldn't fuck, work. It shouldn't, but it does. But it's beautiful, and I think this past season, at the very end, was as good as anything. But I felt it kind of didn't do as well as the first few at first. Well, it's because everybody was split up, right? And that's I still loved it. Yeah, it was, I'm buying those on Blu-ray. By the way, yeah, that's my was, that's one to be my. Everything was split up, and um, we're used to everybody being together, right? So everybody split up on different ends of the country. They're freaking in Russia, right? Everything's going crazy, but the sigh of relief when everybody comes back together, right? Like, okay, now now this is the the uh, calm before the storm. Mm. And then as the camera pans over fucking Eleven's head, you see the world splitting open. You're like, oh, God damn. Season three was probably my favorite season. I loved it. It was in the mall. With the mall. God damn. That's that's the thing about um, seeing all this stuff, too, is all this stuff from the 80s. I would like for one area, one country to step out and be like, we are 80s town now. You have to go to the stores. It's called Russia. No, <laughs> they're still on the grid like the rest of us are. I want town to step out and be like, okay, here's the rules for the town. You don't have to dress in 80s fashions and all that shit, but we're going to conduct our business like it did in the 80s. If you want something, go to the fucking mall. We want to see something, go to the fucking movies. You know, that's, I would love to, and you know what they're, you know what would happen? Their economy would fucking soar. There would be a self, it's almost like a, it's almost like the glass thing you get with this, with the, uh, you know, the, this, the sealed, 
snow globe. Well, no, not snow. It's like a an an, an eco globe okay. where it's a self contained fucking system. It would almost become that. You know, I know it would work, and you would have people fighting get into that fucking town. Hmm. Um, it's like Green Bank, only we're not going back to when there's nothing. You know, where you can't have it's anything. Green Bank. Green Bank is uh is near Cass Railroad. You cannot have cell phones. Oh. Cell phones at Green Bank. Oh, because uh, blasting and stuff, probably. Well, no, because of SETI, because they've got the 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 giant fucking radio telescopes, and they run, oh. they render cell phones. Obviously, you can't use them because it would interfere, and also you just get no signal. So the people, a lot of people, move there as like a refuge from the modern world, and it's got like this real uh, beautiful, quiet vibe to it. And also, it's just beautiful part of West Virginia, man. Um, I think it's up there near, po- near Pocahontas County. Um, which, by the way, when Annie comes in this year, we're driving up there to both Green Bank and Pocahontas County and all that stuff. Um, America's quietest town. I just think it would be absolutely beautiful. And I was thinking about this, too. Um, a game, a game idea. Just call it 80s kid. And you're just you just take control of an 80s kid and you're walking around doing 80s kid stuff. Getting in There's trouble. no way that would not fucking sell. Poking dead bodies with sticks. Well, I'm mean, talking about, okay, um, get up. And like do all the things you call your friend and he's not home. You're like, where the fuck is he? So right. you go get on your right. bike. Right. <laughs> the, the TV, you sit down, you're watching eighties cartoons. Let it be a real slice of life. I want to go out. We're going to go out and play outside today. Well, what do you want to do today? Let's go play basketball. Let's do this. Let's do this. Hey, let's get in the car and go to the mall. We got a part where you drive down the mall, go to the different stores. It could be a VR thing, or it could just be a taking control of an over, over the shoulder thing, you know, but have with the graphics we have now, there's no way that wouldn't sell. It would be a fucking massive hit because people like to escape out of, out of this shit that we're in. You know what? You could be multiple kids. Like uh, one day you could be like uh, yeah, a nice quiet kid. You could have, tell, right. You could tell a different could be, story. You could be for, a bully. Right. You could t- uh, tell a different kid's story every time. If you want to have like a, a, a roster of like 10 characters, you could be and it, and each character lives a different style of life. All of them black trans um, I would like to have a black kid, but I would like to have it be honest for how that time was. Not overdoing it. He's like in Watts. Well, no. <laughs> like Lucas. Lucas is a classic example, an extremely well done black character for the time period. They his his blackness is a, is a definite factor, but it's not a factor so much that it makes him ostracized. It made him be Winston. Exactly. Why would I got to be Winston? <laughs> well, you He's know, the only one because I'm black. <laughs> <laughs> he's not a scientist. Yeah, but he's cool. <laughs> no, I think I that think is it's, such a little kid thing. Like uh, looking past that, he's the only black guy. And being like, yeah, but he's a scientist. He's the one I want to be. I want to be fucking Egon. Right. I mean, that's the thing too is that people don't understand with all the all the uh, representation and all that stuff. Kids don't see themselves as a color. You know, when they're considering what they want to be. I want to be Michael Jordan. White kids said that all the time. Yeah. And we sang songs about being like Mike. Exactly. I think that we, once you pigeonhole a kid and your culture tells you that you can't do that, because of course white culture is going to tell you you can't do that. A, because of the, uh, I think, uh, mass delusion that if you're a black kid, that's, you know, that's the only way you could do that because that's the only way going to be good enough. No, you put a kid's back to the wall enough. I mean, case in point, Jerry West. Zeke you from know, Cabin Creek. Exactly. Oh, by the way, I got a picture on my phone you need to check from out. From Gully Bridge? Yeah. I saw it. Yeah. It's pretty cool. They beat him. The stare down. They beat him. 
they beat Jerry West at home. Um, but no, just I 80s. heard the officiating was bad in that game. Though. Oh bullshit! Um, no, just just call it '80s kid, and you know, have it in the '80s style font, you know, and like skateboarding. Yes, absolutely. It could be a, it's it's a sandbox open world game. You can do whatever you want. There are storylines that you can follow if you'd like, but it is open world. Go, Pe- go to the arcade. Yes, people would, and also when you're playing the arcade game, it, it would it flashes in so you're actually playing the game. Yeah, absolutely. You're playing Dig Dug, and you step out, and then he's and everybody's smoking in the arcade. And a bully comes up, puts puts his quarters on there. Yes. Random things like that can right. happen. Right, absolutely. I I think that it would really is a really it's good a idea. Pretty good fucking yeah. idea. Um, I just I'm not a, I'm not a game programmer, so I don't yeah I don't know how to do it. Either. <laughs> somebody listening, hey, somebody knows how to do this. Make millions so we can play it, and somebody steal my idea. I'm I'm perfectly okay with it. I just want to be in the credits, <laughs> even though I really had nothing to do with. Um, it. No, that's a that's a favorite thing. That's is, a uh, smart idea, actually. I, I you know because there are games like that. There's cat. sure there's a game called Cat where you're or Stray Stray. I've got that game. Well, you're just it's fun. Stray Cat. It's very dark. It's an extremely dark game. Um, it's good. Is, is there really, a story to it? Or? Oh, yeah. Okay. But it's told in... There's no people left. Only robots are left. So oh, they're, they're trying to describe what happened to the people. And it's like a pandemic type thing and all the people are dead. Um, then you have... Some of these great games, like you have... Uh, one of my favorites is No Man's Sky. No Man's Sky is... There are 18 billion planets you can go to. You can never... Ever, ever visit them all? No. You can't visit half. You can't visit a third. And and the thing about it is, you, barely, you couldn't even visit. 1%. They randomly generate. Like you start the game and they throw you out on a planet. And if you want to go find another planet, you hop in your ship and you take off and you go and it'll, and it'll have a giant star map. Like I want to go to that star, and then you hit the fucking hyperdrive and it takes you to that star, and then you go and then you come out of the fucking orbit and there's all these planets you can go to. Well, I want to go down here. Well, that's an ice planet. You can't do much there. Half the planets are shit because there's not so many planets in the Goldilocks zone. Aren't so, there people, the the players have generated all the planets, haven't they? they? No, the players haven't generated all the planets, but what the players can do is you go to a planet and you name the planet and if you and you discover the animals and all that stuff and then you name them and then they're uploaded to the thing and that's that planet's name forever that's and that's that cool. animal's name forever that's cool yeah it is so it's i mean it's just a cool idea and that's where games are going um i actually wanted to write a book um somewhat along the line of 80s kid only these it would be a it's one of those books that would just be a a fun kind of book it would it, of course it would have to have a a problem they would have to solve or something like that maybe a MacGuffin or two no i don't like MacGuffin. you don't like MacGuffin? no it would have to be a thing where uh, there's a time machine and they go back to the eighties, you know, and they, and they go back to start the eighties. They go back in 1979 and they live through the entire eighties. And then they go back to 79 again, you know, because they don't like life in the, in the current time. That's pretty cool. It's not a bad idea. Um, only problem is you're going to have all kinds of continuity issues on stuff, but do you know how you deal with those? You don't deal with them. You don't fucking talk about it at all. You go back in time, like in the Avengers. <laughs> well, I mean, but you don't, you don't discuss them. You do, you have a passing, uh, you have a passing thing with it and you basically do, uh, what Loki does like well every time you go back and if you create a different timeline it's that timeline that you're in now and there are literally infinite of those so you're not bothering anything you're not doing you're not destroying anything so and yeah it would just be a, a fun you could even do a show like that like quantum leap 
<laughs> Slow boy. Yeah. But, I'm retarded. But more something like uh, <laughs> where it's a kind of a fun show where people like they're in the current time like, man, this, this place sucks. Be a bunch of people sitting around and, you know, like a, you would have to have the brain who works at a, at a, at a, at a government something, you know, you would have to have some kind of MacGuffin to get them back in time. But that thing would be like, so well, you're submitting to the MacGuffin. You're going to have to a little bit. Yes. And it's just like time shift equipment. And you're like, well, okay, well, well, where do you want to go? Cause we can go anywhere, but you know, you want to go and they would, it would be a comedy thing. Like, well, we can go to the fifties. Why? You know, we go then the black kids are like, I don't want to go to the fifties. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then well, I'm like, well, what about the eighties? The eighties. And everyone's like, yeah, cause they're all eighties kids. And they were like, well, let's shift back. And then they go do all the eighties stuff. Go from 80. I want to say 1996. Seemed like we peaked right around there. I would just want to go from 1979 to 1990. I mean, I feel like 1990 is when things started to shift. Those poor Soviets. They're never going to get out of it. Well, no. I mean, go to 91. No, because the time for everybody else keeps going. Okay. It just shifts for you. So you can go back and live, but they keep aging, of course. So they, they go back and they'll have to find another, you know, it's, it's niche to get into. Right. You know, another life to live. And then, of course, it'd be a, you have a love story and you try to explain to this girl, well, you know, I'm from this time and all that stuff. And, you know, this could harm space time content. Her stupid eighties brain ain't going to get it. All right. Well, <laughs> yes, but uh, no, I, I just thought the the game is a better idea than that. But uh, you know, I, I like when I have ideas like that, and I just know instinctively that they would work. So that would work. Eighties kid. Somebody make that game. Somebody steal the idea. Why not? I wish that the game gaming world was a little bit more open to things like music and writing and stuff like that. It still isn't. You have independent gaming companies, but it takes so much capital to get things off the ground. I might be able to start a Kickstarter. They're like, look, I have an idea for a game and I want to raise the money so where I can hire programmers to put my vision in, into, but where, but where, how does that work? You know, I have no clue. See, that's the thing. I don't know. I don't know either. I don't know how to do it. Because anything. people think like, okay, well, we want to return on our money. Like, well, you only, you know, it'd be a bunch of people contributing just a little money. You're not out very much money. I wouldn't keep it, of course. To I would keep it for what it's meant for. But you know, it'd just be one of those things. Like, okay, well, who do I hire? And and you know, we would have. I would have. I have a pretty good. I I think I could storyboard it and be like, okay, this is what I want to be like. Now we have to program this. You know, come up with the characters. I could do. I could do all the creative stuff. I just can't do the the computer. Yeah, stuff. we have no clue. So. I have no clue. I can barely type. I'm a hunt and peck type dude. Yeah, me too, but I can do hunt and peck pretty fast. I do it okay. Yeah. I might be like 40 words a minute. I don't know what I am. I just don't type enough. That's the problem. Well, me either. You know, when I start, when I really start to write and the flow takes over, it's really fast and it, you know, flies. Hmm. Any other favorite thing? No, that's pretty much it. Um, disc golf. I got to play with uh, Adam yesterday at 4-H. Um, 4-H is Beckwith. They opened the pool this year. I don't think so. Damn it. I do not think so. I love that pool. Um, it was fun. It was supposed to rain all day yesterday, so I didn't really plan on playing. It wasn't raining when I woke up, so I drove up there, mm. and about halfway up there, uh, somebody turned over their bike. Oh, shit. And then it started pissing down the rain, so I just turned around. Yeah. Came back here, laid down for a little bit, and he texted me once the weather cleared up, and we decided to go up there and play. 
Had some good shots. The trees get in the way. They put trees in these courses. Yeah. I don't know why they keep doing this. And today, this morning, I went up to Lake Stevens, up there past Beckley, and through a little bit. Um, I love that course. It's beautiful. It's kind of hard. It's also kind of easy. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's holes where I could get a birdie. If you're on your game, you you do well, and if you're not, you do badly. I could get a birdie, or I could fucking get a quad bogey if I fuck up. All right. Um, had Wendy's on the way back. Oh, Dave's yeah. double. Oh, nice. Some bitch, just a good old From fashioned. Uh, no, I got it uh, up in Beckley. They suck. That one was good. I don't know. No, I'm, I'm not talking to Wendy's. Oh, Fayetteville. I'm, yeah, the one in Fayetteville. It used to be really good. Now it's a piece of shit. What a, what a bunch of assholes. I know, man. Uh, Dave's double. You know, classic American double chi. Fucking lettuce, tomato, onion. I think there's mayo, mustard, and ketchup on that. Oh, absolutely. It's fucking... It's the best cheeseburger I've had the, in a long You know, their burger game is probably the tightest. I mean, as far as like your fast food, like Wendy's the best. Wendy's has it. Burger King used to be up there, but they haven't had Burger they've King slid. In a long time. They've slid so They're far. They're shutting down like four hundred stores. Yeah, they used to be like number. They they were vying for more like one. the Burger Squire. No. Hey, the Burger Jester, the Burger, the Burger Small Folk Duke. <laughs> I haven't had Burger King in a long time. Actually, speaking of that, though, me and Mom got one on the way up to see Annie, and it was fucking excellent. So good. Everything was hot. You know, it Remember was, they had chicken whoppers? I don't know if they still do. Yeah. I liked it. I would always get a chicken whopper. I'm not down. We had, we had uh, Burger King night when I lived in Morgantown. Me and a bunch of my friends would get Burger King on a certain night and sit and watch movies and shit. That sounds always got a great time. Yeah. yeah. We kept doing the 80s thing all the way to like oh, yeah. 2006. Right. Um, their fries. I'm not. Um, they're I'm still not a McDonald's best. fries guy. McDonald's fries are the best. Or Curly's. Yeah, love me some Curly's. Fucking Arby's. But Curly fries, you can't eat cold. You cannot. You can eat McDonald's fries cold. I actually bought a bag of uh, Arby's fries for like. You can buy them. Oh yeah. Oh, put them in the yeah. air fryer. Put them in the air fryer. We're good to go. Get some uh, horsey sauce. Dip them in. I enjoy, I like to mix my, uh, um, your sauces, put them on a plate. I got your ketchup and then I have Chick-fil-A sauce, not Polynesian sauce, just regular Chick-fil-A sauce, whatever that is, honey mustardish type shit. Yeah, I love it. I also do like Polynesian sauce. No shade to Polynesian sauce. I love it. But I had that the other night with, uh, I think I made burgers the other night. Mm. One thing I've been doing lately. They didn't have any this week when I went to the grocery store, but Friday evening I go grocery shopping and I find like a uh, one of the higher end steaks that's getting ready to go bad and they've marked it down to like half of what it would be. Yeah. Like a big fucking ribeye or a fucking uh, New York strip or whatever. And I, I buy it and have for dinner instead of like getting fast food or something. Oh, yeah. And uh, usually I'll do a, uh, a baked potato with it, make that my potato for the week. But um, you only have one potato a week. Yeah, I'm not doing potatoes. I'm, mm. I'm trying to. You haven't seen Aaron in a little while. He's no, uh, I saw him not long ago. Okay, he's doing a uh, carnivore. Yeah, he's getting he's, all he's getting all thin. Actually, I think he looks. Last week he looked great. Yeah, I think he looks great. Looks like he's been lifting weights. Oh yeah, I know that he has. Maybe he's been doing push-ups in the morning or something. Mm. He doesn't look frail. So, um, I'm thinking about going back on carnivore and intermittent fasting. Yeah, I need to start working out again. I haven't been doing it. Mm. I uh, got complacent. 
Yeah, it which happens to everybody. One is want to do. Right. I thought. Uh, disc- well, except me. It's, yeah. it's fucking massive obsession. I thought disc golf would uh, be a lot more exercise than it actually well, is. I mean, but it's it's known as specificity of training. Your body gets used to a style of training, and then it, it's no longer challenging. One thing I've noticed is uh, my back is starting to hurt between my shoulder blades. Yeah. And it wasn't do it was doing that before I started working out, and then I started working out, and it wasn't. So I think the muscles between the shoulder blades are starting to atrophy a little bit. Yeah. So I need to get those worked back up, and it will probably help my disc golf game if I get more limber and in better shape. Well, so yeah. I'm not huffing and puffing whenever we walk up hills or anything. I should just. It just all I need to do is a half hour, three times a week. That's all you need yeah. to do. Get your heart rate up, and you're good to go. But I'm lazy. It's fine. Whatever. What other things have I enjoyed this week? Uh, just a Game of Thrones lore. Yeah. I'm learning everything I can about this insane world. Um, and started rewatching the show. And that opening, the, the prologue of the book, when they put it on film, it is... As terrifying as anything. Yeah. One thing they didn't stress enough is that the the walkers kind of just appear. The um the the way they they don't leave footprints. Well, the the way they work in the book is much more eerie. Like they they just kind of blow in and they're standing there, eyes are blue and cold, and you know they bring the winter with them. Yeah, and everything. Everything gets quiet, but like the, like like, a, like when snow, snowfall happens. What's the name of the uh, the night watchman that uh, that gets killed? That found the the uh, wildling bodies all in that weird Garrett or design. it's Garrett Garrett or um, Will were the were the two actual the the guy who went out with them. The, the Lord is Waymar Royce. Yeah. Who was a younger son of uh, Bronze Yon Royce, I think, or I don't know which which because there's d- different branches of the Royce family. So, but he found uh, the bodies all in there in that specific design. Mm-hmm. They never really told us what that was in right. the show. Well, and then he he runs back to the boys and they're like, "Oh, shut up, you dumb idiot!" And mm-hmm. like they go to back to where the bodies were and they're all gone. Mm-hmm. And then he turns around and sees the redheaded girl with her eyes blue yeah. and everything's fucked. And they let that guy go. The whites did. Yeah. He was well in the, it's like uh, they wanted him to go. Well, actually in the book, if you if you realize will got killed, that kid got killed. Not the young, the older guy, Garrett, he escaped because he ran off before they got there. Um, and then, uh, way more Royce, uh, stood up to the, to the others, which, you know, give him a credit. He wasn't a coward. Um, did what he could. It shattered his sword, I'm sure. Even though they talked about how, I like the description they have in the book. They like talk about his. Uh, <laughs> he had a, a sable skin cloak, and they were laughing about him when they were drinking. It's like no, it's moleskin. He's just like probably uh, killed everyone on himself. Our, our uh, dowdy warrior, you know, just making fun of him because he's a fucking cunt. I still think uh, the Night's Watch ain't a bad gig. That would depend. As long as you get along with everybody, I like, would I would have liked to been uh, in the builders or something like that. I mean, builders, um, maester, you're a maester. You're that's just what you would be in that world. You would be a maester. Why? Because <laughs> you like to read. Most of those guys can't read. You've already got a leg up, right? Um, 
You'd be like the war, like uh, the warrior maester. <laughs> You'd be out there fighting, like Marwin. Yeah, it's, that's I, but that's a pretty are, cool are they, story, right? It like, is, are, but I, are, I think they're not pled, pledged not to fight, aren't they? I don't know. I know they're pledged. Actually, I don't know about that. They're, that's something I would need to look up. They can't fuck or anything like that, but they well, all they're, do. They're pledged to to help whoever runs the castle. Right? Remember. Um, uh, Meister Lewin told him, he's like, I'm pledged to serve whoever runs this castle. Mm-hmm. This is my job. So now I'm your Meister. He's like, I may not like it, but that's the way it has to be. And then Who'd he tried say that to Theon. Theon. Yeah. Fuck Theon. Theon had a really good he's, character arc in the show. Well, he's going to have one in the book. Yeah. He's, he's got be a lot to make up for. Right. He's got a lot to kill two for. innocent kids. Yeah. Everybody thinks he killed the Starks. But yeah, but it doesn't. Yeah. Run, I mean, that, it see, doesn't that's, matter. Who it doesn't killed. matter. Like they, it, I don't. I don't even like the way they they phrased it on the show. It was just too formal. He's like, just those are two little kids. That's somebody that you murdered. You know, and it's and fucking, um, take uh, sacking Winterfell, the place that treated him like a son. Absolutely, damn near like a son. Maybe not exactly. I mean, he didn't get a dire wolf when everybody else got one. Well, Ned was kind but distant. Um, you know, if, uh, him and Rob got along real well. Yeah, him and, him and John didn't get along at all. No, he treated John like a fucking well because he's like everybody treated treated bastards, I guess. But like, well, no, Rob treated John real good. Yeah, Rob and John were were bro- brothers. Yeah, they're bro- They they were literally brothers. They treated each other just like brothers do. Right. But Theon, you would have thought they'd uh, clicked or anything but they just never did right because he was always well, he's a such little, a, a fucking bully jag off that was a perfect casting if you ask it me. was well it's close i mean i always imagine theon as being you know a little bigger well taller but also long dark hair you yeah. know got the hatchet nose you know what i mean like the it, the the Greyjoys have a definite look, and they have big noses, and you know they're they're like very bold looking people. Um, I like the fact that none of the Greyjoys, well, not none of them, but uh, Victorian's the only Greyjoy they really mentioned. That's, that's very big, you know. Getting ready to bring him up because he's on his way to the Khaleesi in mm-hmm. the book. Has <laughs> he picked up the? Well, no, he did that in Feast for Crows, didn't he? When he fucking um, he got his arm, his hand burned. Yeah. Gave him superhuman strength. I'm looking forward to see what the fuck happens with him. I don't know. I like Victorian. He's a cool character. Um, I like the fact that he's. I felt bad for him because he beat that woman to death. You know, he l- really loved her, and Euron fucking seduced her. I mean, she went of her own free will, but you know, it cost her. Bitches, man. Anyway, that's one of my favorite things. I don't really have anything else. Just hucking frisbees and fucking reading about Westeros. That's not a bad week. Not bad. No. I do it all the time. And watching videos on Westeros. I need to watch more of those, but I'm, like I said, I've been watching Dune videos, like watched a whole video about the start of car. And and here's the crazy thing. um, Something I didn't realize and and was pointed out to me and I didn't want to believe it because I like this. So cool. The start of car in Dune that we watched are actually a step down from what they used to be. Mm. Isn't that fucking crazy? Which ones are the Sardaukar? The Sardaukar are the fucking vi- the future Viking motherfuckers. Okay, they're not as tough as they used to be, and they still fight like that. You know what I mean? Is that that? Those are the ones that uh, the main guy had to fight in the sand, right? Well, Jason Momoa fought a bunch of them. Okay, but he's a Ganema swordmaster. And, oh, well, but I mean, but I mean, that's a 
thing. I mean, they're they're like the best swordsmen in the in the Imperium, and but most of the Sardaukar are at least as good as a mid level Ganema swordsman. But Duncan Idaho was an upper level one. I also love the fact that uh, Josh Brolin was perfect casting for Gurney Halleck. I mean, you're mm. not going to get you're not going to get much better than that. I mean, I can't. That's a, that is a favorite thing. The Dune trailer came out. Um, yeah, have you watched it yet? Oh yeah, dude, it's fucking. It's going to be fucking amazing. Um, but I, I was sitting there thinking about that. I was just like, man. And even the Fremen, who are fucking hard, are impressed by how well the Sardaukar fight. So that means, man, the Sardaukar before this, but when they were still really tough, they probably would have mopped the floor with the Fremen. You know what I mean? It's just like. Seleucus Secundus is described as such a hell planet. It's worse than Arrakis, even. A lot of S's in it, too. Yeah. Uh, and plus, all the, the Terran animals that they took there have turned into something way worse. You know, you've got... Way worse. You've got giant fucking predators and stuff on that planet and limited resources. So, you know, they trained the... The, the Sardaukars trained their kids like the Spartans did. You, they would take you out in the fucking uh, waste in the like basically in the forest like twice a year, drop you off with nothing, survive. If you don't, well, you weren't good enough to survive. I mean, Fuck. yeah, I mean they're they're fucking. I love them, man. I think they're fucking awesome. All right, well, I think we're done here. Yep, two hours. That's pretty good. Thanks for listening. We'll try to do another one next week. Um, hopefully next week I'll be coming to you as the champion of the Green Greenbrier State Classic as I travel down to Greenbrier County to try to bring a title back to Fayette County. Godspeed and good luck. <laughs>